stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! All of the insanity, none of the engineering. Welcome to the Motorsport 101 2018 Formula One Season Preview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 128, or is it 7? It's 7 actually, isn't it? Yeah, it was, we're recording this backwards, we're a highly professional podcast, reviewing professional things, of course we are. I'm your host, Andre Harrison, and welcome to episode 127 of Motorsport 101, and as RJ alluded to in the intro, this is the moment you've all been waiting for, people! It's the 2018 Formula 1 season preview! Yay! Yay! Yay. As you can see, the excitement is ringing through the podcast recording center as we speak. Um, don't all sound excited at once, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, really. I mean, like, you know, show some fucking enthusiasm, really. <laughs> uh, RJ sounds like he's about to die. Um, that's good to know. Um, right. While RJ goes into cardiac arrest, I will, I will introduce this incredible five-person panel. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm quite amazed that we have five people in here. Um, first of all, Ryan King. And I've got a bone to pick with you, King. Oh, why? Why? You, who endorsed having Daniel fucking Brennan on last week's show? Whoa, whoa. Ireland needs something. <laughs> Ireland needed <laughs> need a win. They just got the Grand Slam. They just got the Grand Slam, for fuck's sake, King. Like, you can <laughs> Shut up! All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't know United St- the United States is not one of the six nations allowed to compete. <laughs> Quite frankly, England would have done better if they hadn't showed up. To be honest. Oh but wait, yeah. they didn't. They didn't anyway. But um, see, I'd say one week off from the show due to work-related commitments, and this is what happens: all hell breaks loose yeah. again. <laughs> King, I'm, this I'm, is the last time I handed you the keys. I'm I'm just here to. You know, review, I mean, preview the 72nd <laughs> FIA Formula One World Championship, then leave. <laughs> then leave. <laughs> then leave and stick your head in the sand till roughly November. Good to know. Representing Tennessee, as always, Mr. RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Good day to you all. Um, last week, we had an actual Irish person on the show. This time, you get... Just a person with an Irish surname who likes to exaggerate their Irish heritage that they may or may not actually have. Right. So it's just like a normal St. Patrick's Day celebration here in the United States. <laughs> Everyone's claiming like their fifth cousin is Irish now as an excuse to get drunk. It's great. Absolutely. It's it's wonderful. I highly endorse it. <laughs> uh, oh dear, oh dear. As uh, as you as you do as you do as you do. Right. In the in the blue corner, representing Scotland and our usual rent stealer, it's Zoe Hamilton. Hello. Hello. The world is brilliant because I just won Myron Dre's autograph. Yay! Yeah! Yay! Founders <laughs> Day for Indianapolis Motor Speedway. <laughs> yep, yep. Z- Zoe is out here cracking the ballot box on IMS Museum competitions, and we are all here for it. Yay! <laughs> that is awesome. It's and... the only IndyCar 
competition I'll ever be ever to able to enter because I don't live in America. Yeah. So no one's told no one's told Zoe the bad that she's got to pay the shipping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as, as anyone will tell you, so try to order stuff from IndyCar's website. It's it's really cheap and affordable, honestly. Um, and finally, making his Motorsport 101 debut. We've had a lot of these the last month. Like, King just opened the floodgates to everybody. In my absence, it's terrible. But he snuck in all the way from Austin, Texas. It's Patrick Hofstetter. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you all for having me. I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be uh, the one setting the record straight on uh, McLaren did nothing wrong from 2015 <laughs> to 2017. Uh, a word. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, you know, going back to what RJ was saying, I have the name Patrick, which means every St. Patrick's Day I've ever had has been fucking terrible. <laughs> Good to know. He'll <laughs> fit right in, everybody. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, like, Pat, where can the good people normally find you? They can find me on my podcast about motorsport. I mean, it's ostensibly about motorsport, but, uh, you can find me over at the DFL show and then uh, occasionally on thehooniverse.com. So, oh, never mind. It's just the Hooniverse. Fuck. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> it the, is. The, 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 the one time he, I, I let him plug a rival show and he even fucks that up. Well done, Patrick. You're uh, off to a great start on this show, Marvel by the way. Marvel says Infinity War is the most important crossover in movie history. Well, we'd like to beg to differ. I, uh. I. So someone has camped uh, the proper uh, Twitter handle for Hooniverse for years. So I'm used to pointing people towards the Hooniverse. But the website is just Hooniverse.com. The DFL show is just the DFL show. But yeah, no, we we get together and talk about motorsport over there. uh, And then, yeah, we, uh, we don't spend a lot of time on F1 there. So I'm happy to, you know hang out with people that oh, actually enjoy the sport you chose you chose a hell of a time to join us patrick i mean really you, you couldn't have timed this one any better <laughs> no it, it's i'm i'm very excited to be here it's uh talking to you guys is always a treat and now it's uh now it's recorded so it's official <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's official now now we, we have to get married next week now um it is right. legal here shockingly <laughs> Texas, Texas hasn't been to been able to mess that one up. Oh, good. <laughs> Very reassuring. Right, let's get some of the general housekeeping out of the way real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Too Busy Ragging Jokes about Sky Sports' new coverage partner. More on that later. We're, we are on Twitter at uh, Motorsport underscore 101. And if you want to follow our personal handles... We are at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, at IMS Museums Competition, aka at Wee Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> and Patrick, what's your Twitter handle one more time for the people at home? It is at PartyPat116. Don't ask about the number. <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> and if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 early access gets you early access to this show 
and to Bike Live, which will be back later this week. It is going to be an absolutely stacked edition reviewing the very first MotoGP race weekend in Qatar as Andrea De Vizioso finally gets a win in Qatar, narrowly pipping Mar- Marquez to the line in yet another classic. Um, all the fun, and hey, it's always a good sign when, when the three races that weekend have a combined winning distance of one-tenth of a second. No, seriously. <laughs> that and a full preview of the 2018 British Superbike Championship. So, yeah, it's going to be an absolutely heaving edition of Bike Live later this week, so do check it out as, for that. And check out motorsport101.net, our website as well. We've got a whole bunch of written content coming up on there soon, including Zoe Hamilton's made a debut on there now, being snarky about IndyCar. So, so basically so, just like Zoe normally does. So <laughs> she's technically paying rent now. Yeah, like she's, she's she's now earning her keep. Like like I'm very proud of her. She's she's moved up in the world. Isn't that right, Zoe? <laughs> yes. You may still get fudge. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like as, as you can see, fudge is a very easy way to my heart. People, people, like, listeners of the world, you know what to do. Um, just send fudge through my letterbox. Um, <laughs> you, you're probably gonna regret saying. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be white here. chocolate mint. Yes, my favourite. Um, <laughs> and on that note, shall we get into the 2018 Formula 1 season, ladies and gentlemen? Sure. Shoving fudge through a letterbox. But yes, F1, <laughs> please. Anything to move on. Hyped and much anticipated 2018 Formula One season preview. It's bigger, it's louder, it has new theme music, it's edgier, it's just more of everything. It's more of what you want. Is it more? More, 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 more. Is There's technically more? about 10% more car than last year. Yes, 10% more car. Yeah. 5% more races, too. Yeah. Mm. And also 100% more Nico Rosberg in the commentary booth at Sky Sports! Why I, Nico? I, 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 I still find like there's a sizzling irony to the TV network that basically made ratings and millions and millions of pounds trying to make Nico Rosberg look as silly as possible for years on end and then hire him to go into their punditry booth um, after all this time of making him feel like he was a shit racing driver compared to Lewis Hamilton, I find the irony here delicious. Maybe it's maybe it's penance. Maybe they're sorry. Maybe they want to give him equal airtime. Or, or, or oh my god, the in booth snark is going to be fantastic. Oh yeah, I can't wait for Martin Brundle to t- uh, make it seem like Nico has no idea what he's talking about in driving an F1 car. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I. Like I, I just I eagerly look forward to Australia where Nico Rosberg just whacks Martin Brundle from behind of a steel chair. <laughs> it's Again, going to be great. I would pay ten thousand dollars to see that. Ten. But ten you could G's. also pay twelve ninety nine a month with Formula One TV Pro. Fuck off. <laughs> Go away, America. 
Sorry, I had to get that one out there. Um, <laughs> right. We are going to do this in a kind of similar fashion to our IndyCar season preview a couple of weeks back. We're going to go up and down the grid, mostly down bottom to top. Um, we'll obviously have little interludes as well to talk about some of the e- little extra things that are going into the F1 2017. God, <laughs> we're, we're, we're working from it, behind. Buddy, yeah, please buddy, bring back last buddy, year. It's, it's fine. I've done that before. Bring back last season. It was more fun till Singapore. Man, Takura Sato's going to have a great 2015, y'all. Just yeah. You guys can yeah. totally get away with messing up whatever you want, because I messed up the name of the website that I have an associate editor title at. So y'all, y'all look fine for everything. Good to know. Good to know. Right, so without further ado, let's get into the first team. Um, the, the guys that finished bottom of the Constructors' Championship last year, unfortunately. Sauber. And, well, not just Sauber. It's now Salfa. Sauber. Alfa Romeo. Ooh. <laughs> the Alfa best... Romeo. Sauber F1 team. Salfa Bermeo. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've, as, as many people on, on the Twitters would say... The best rear end in all of motorsports, um, <laughs> with the with the white and the uh, very bare bottom um, at the back there. But um, out sadly is Pascal Verlein. Um, sad times, um, like you know, press F to pay respect sort of moments. And in his place is last year's Formula Two champion Charles Leclerc, uh, alongside. Uh, at this point, Sauber veteran Marcus Ericsson. I think he's coming into his fifth season now in F1. Like, yes, it's what, his fifth season, and he's spent four of them with Sauber. I think this makes him Sauber's most tenured driver ever. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> like, like Marcus Ericsson is going to be in the 100 Grand Prix Club by the end of the year, assuming he makes it to the end. Like, that is bonkers to me. <laughs> like, oh dear. So, like... Let's let's I mean let's get into this. I mean, it's it's easy to be excited about Sal, but I mean obviously Alfa Romeo is a is a great brand to have back in F one in any capacity. Um, you know, Ferrari power is fun and, and, and whatnot. And of course Charles Leclerc. I mean what what need what more needs to be said on Charles that hasn't already been said about obviously his level of talent and the excitement for him being there. I mean, is it a little bit muted given the car he's driving? I mean that's a little bit of a bummer, isn't it? Surely. Yeah, but I still, I still feel Can like we all was... jump in it. At yeah, <laughs> that's a motorsport one on one tradition, by the way. It oh, is. Yeah. It is. It's the tradition of a skyped podcast, or rather, yes, yeah. But uh, no, I feel like liqueur, liqueur, uh, Leclerc being uh, spending his first full year in F one at Sauber, especially with the renewed push that Sauber has right now, is probably the best place for him because he has a teammate that's been there for a while the, the long while way too long some would say and i just i think that this is going to be a pure year of learning like when they stuck uh when renault stuck uh fernando at minardi it's it smacks of that to me right i do think uh i do think this year sauber is a bit more capable than minardi like yes it's still going to be a ninth best car on the grid at its very best day at its very best day um but if if alfa romeo cannot and salver cannot build rebuild around charles leclerc as their lead guy um i don't know who else you would get 
because Charles Leclerc is one of those drivers. He's on the perfect career path, and he gets better every year. People forget this. He was he was all right in Formula Renault. Then he was really good in Formula 3, but didn't win the championship. And oh, all of a sudden, he's a GP3 Series champion, and he wins the Formula 2 championship in his first season, and he's kicking ass. Mm-hmm. I, I love the enthusiasm which RJ said ass on ass. that one. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you you, you absolutely you're absolutely right on that one. It's, it's it's very exciting on that one. I mean, he might be like the best natural talent that Formula One has seen come from the juniors probably since Lewis Hamilton or maybe Nico Hulkenberg in '09. No, um, I'd say even even better than they were. Even wow. better than they were. Yeah. Sure, sure. Ooh, I don't know. No, I'm confident to say that better than what Lewis Hamilton was in GP in GP two. Or Lewis wasn't three. winning races by, by 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 like 26 seconds, like at Spa, like in that feature race. That's where true. Leclerc was basically a second lap faster than everybody else. In in the beat him down to end all beat him downs. <sighs> yeah, I, I suppose is... any doubters can just look at Bahrain last year, especially. Oh my goodness, that was a that was a masterstroke of a sprint race. It was the D- best. Dave for, yeah, Dave Formula One YouTube channel. If you want to make a star out of this kid, just stick that entire race on YouTube. Thank me later. Um, let me this be your new like, first year with their, Yeah, this is also their first year with a new team principal in Frederick Vasseur. Um, mm-hmm. What has Frederick Vasseur done lately? Well, um, he helped run ART Grand Prix, who helped get both Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton into Formula One through GP2, and mm-hmm. also Stapel Van Dorn and Nico yep. Hulkenberg following them. Um, he comes off of a Renault Sport arrangement that didn't work out because of uh, creative differences, but this is his first full year back at Sauber. He ripped up the Honda deal that they were going to have this year, replaced them with Ferrari, got the Alfa Romeo sponsorship back together. Um, if they need a leader to help turn this team's fortunes around, they probably got one of the best. Yeah, he, he 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 doesn't screw it. He he doesn't screw around. Like not in the slightest. Like I think I remember the story like like late last year that they were talked about. You know, the Honda deal, and apparently it was like one conversation, and it was brief, and the Honda deal was dead. <laughs> Basically, like he he does not mess about. Like he knew exactly what he was doing on that one. Um, like it's like part of me does feel sad that Manisha Keltenborn is no longer there who I think did a, did a very good job with very little resources available yeah. um, but at the same time I think the ch- I think change was always going to be on the horizon and I think Fred, I think Fred's a good guy and I think that's that is a, a good hard-nosed leader which will probably push the team further than it has in previous years so I'm looking forward to seeing Maybe not next, maybe not this year, but maybe next year for Sauber. I, I would like to see how they get along once Charles gets a gets a full year under his belt. But I think this could be a a, a fun rebuilding year with maybe the occasional point or two being scored. I mean, I don't know how everybody else feels about that. I, but, I hope um, so. Yeah. Uh, and going back to Monisha real quick, I think that she would still be there had the uh, the Guido incident not happened, where too too many drivers for not enough seats. But. Although, in fairness, I will still, I will still to this day tell you that um, the drivers that they got in place of Vandergaard and Sutil, way better than the ones they actually ended up with. Oh yeah. Oh with. yeah. No, mm-hmm. you're not going to mm-hmm. hear an argument there. But yeah, I think Sauber is, especially on tracks like Austria or whatever, uh, where the 2018 power unit, 
that they have in the back now combined with their low downforce can really 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 flatter a car i yeah, i have a, see, that's I have a feeling they're gonna Leclerc do well. got it Leclerc got his uh excuse me Verline got his best finish of last year at spain you can't get much more of a downforce heavy track than spain my dude yeah finished eighth that race it was spain wasn't it okay yeah nope. yeah, yeah finished eighth hmm. his, 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 his career high finish yeah and i mean you can't really do much uh worse than 10th and last in the constructors championship three out of the last four years that's what Sauber is working against. And they're working with their veteran driver who has not scored a point since September 6, 2015. And 15. I should note, if if Marcus Erickson does complete the season, he would be second place for most tenured Sauber driver behind Nick Heidfeld. Jesus Christ. And Was Nick Heidfeld? Heidfeld, would, Heidfeld would only be ahead by five races. Huh. It's weird. It, like Marcus, Marcus, there was no one better available at your price point, Ericsson. Oh, jeez. Like, like, well, that would put him over a hundred, wouldn't it, King? Yeah, like it for his career, wouldn't it? Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is it's, that is crazy. By all accounts, he's likable. I mean, my yeah. goodness, have you see, have you seen his Marcus Ericsson throw his a uh, Marcus Ericsson his Ronnie Peterson throwback helmet for this year? Yeah, that's true, and that that is that is tremendous. If he were in any other racing series, Marcus Ericsson would be seen as a really pretty fun guy to watch, um, and a pretty tough talent. The only trouble is, he is the definition of Formula One's replacement level. Yeah, he is. He is the line. He is mm-hmm. the line that you don't want to be below. Indeed, like the like the, I, I saved the nickname for Romain Grosjean these days, but that actually is a pretty valid point for Marcus Ericsson these days as well. Um, but you know, maybe having a super prospect like Charles Leclerc might be the shot in the arm that Marcus needs. Um, even though, to be fair, I think Sauber's had a knack of just like having like really talented young drivers in its team over the last few years. And yeah, I mean, you know, look look at his other teammates: what Felipe Nasr, Pascal Verline, Antonio Giovinazzi, like. Where, like, I would openly say that all three of his teammates were better than him. And look at them now. (laughs) F one is not a fair sport, people. Like, more on that later. But um, are we reckoning Sam will probably still tenth though at the end of the year before we move on? Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna fare worse than they. Yeah, yeah, no no one's gonna. Yeah, I think they doubled their points tally from last year, but it's not going to be enough to get them out of 10th because everybody else around them has done so much better. Double digits. That might be a push for Salva. Yeesh. Um, I'd take the under on that, personally. But um, let's get into ninth. And, uh, oh, no. like It says here in my notes, um, beware of Patrick Stanning here. Um for the papaya itself, all hail the fully orange and now partially blue McLaren Honda, ladies and gentlemen. Ninth Team Iron Brew. <laughs> Team and, Iron Brew. And, and, oh, and, McLaren Honda. And, and Dre, Dre, it's it's not McLaren Honda. It's McLaren Renault. Yes, no, of course. It's just McLaren. Sorry, I still had some old press conference notes there. Um, <laughs> McLaren I mean, Renault. That's, that's fair. I mean, did you see what's been happening in testing? Yeah, 
you'd have thought you'd have thought it wasn't you know a Honda of like 2016 in there for all he would have known. Um, just just as a quick um, bit a little bit of a wrapping up here. Yeah, ninth last year, the constructors 30 points scored. Their best finish was sixth last year. Remember that time Fernando Alonso set the fastest lap of the race in Hungary. That one. I <laughs> Yeah, that crazy sucker that put 20 quid at 50 to 1 that, 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 that Alonso would set the fastest lap of the race and hit it. I, <laughs> I applaud that dude's recklessness of his money. Right. <laughs> so, but, uh, yes, that's the biggest takeaway from McLaren in the off-season. Goodbye, Honda. Hello, Renault. And, uh, oh, dear, testing wasn't very good, was it? It wasn't as wow. bad as it could have been. You say that. The bar wasn't exactly high to begin with, Pat. True, but Red Bull has had worse winter testing before with Renault and then gone on to win races later in the year. Mmm, this is true. I, it's, I'm not saying, God, we're not even going to be close to the Red Bull team this year. Jesus Christ, no. I don't even think we're going to... I think fifth might be the highest we could realistically aim for this year, but... It's. I think that's lofty. <laughs> I, I think the chassis is probably still better than the uh, whatever the new Williams chassis is. I think. I think. I think all of the Renault teams are just going to struggle when it comes to what's in the back, and then the races when Fernando can be Fernando, it's going to be good. I I see maybe a podium, but probably reliable bottom points finishes. I'm not saying we're gonna win. God no, God no. I've I've I learned to give up hope long ago. Uh, <laughs> See, here's the thing: if this was like the old British game show QI right now, the buzzer would have gone off the moment Pat said chassis. Like, yeah, guys, guys, the chassis's really good, you know. Well, yeah, I the say chassis, but... the chassis is so good. The chassis is so compact that it just it just builds up so much heat in the engine compartments. Suffocates it. With, yeah, which has kind of been the problem, the size zero concept. The size zero concept, which historical revisionism has said McLaren demanded. McLaren did not demand the size zero. Hmm. Again, there's been a lot of uh, forgetting that how bad the Honda was because... I mean, hats off to him. I, I'm I'm really happy that Honda has got it got it right finally. But yeah, yeah. the 2015 and 2016 and half of 2017 were just abysmal, mostly because of the power unit. Because like, I don't know, the chassis was fine. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're gonna reg- they're not gonna regret splitting up, but they're going to regret the fact that they let the relationship this get this bad to be. It was toxic towards the end. You could like they were throwing shades at each other. No one was was taking accountability for their poor results. Fernando was being his usually delusionally optimistic self. Um, we've seen this story before with McLaren, and like you know what it feels like. It, it feels like like McLaren are like the Liverpool of Formula One at this point, where it's like every year it's like this is the year where they where McLaren puts it all together. And it just hasn't happened yet. I mean, 30 points last season. They took a significant step backwards compared to 2016. And I don't know. Eric Boulier is much too clean-shaven to come off of anything like Jurgen Klopp. 
That's true. <laughs> this is this is very true. Also, I do um, feel like if this year goes poorly, Boulier does need to go. I I'm not. I I again I'm. I'm more bullish on the chances of the car, especially as the development race goes on. But I well, also don't yeah, think winter it, testing tells an entire picture ever. So, no. no. To be fair, but this isn't this what like year four for Belier now, and it's like this team is no better than it. It's, it's still worse off than when they were still on Mercedes power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing is that they have not changed since this whole arrangement that changed together. They've effectively let Ron Dennis um, get coerced into retirement. They've said goodbye to Jensen Button. They've said goodbye to Kevin Magnuson. They've said goodbye to Honda. The only things they have not replaced are the lead driver and the team principal, who is effectively the team's uh, sporting figurehead. Also, I don't think you can put any actual blame on Fernando, except for, you know, maybe his comments on an engine. Mm -hmm. I mean, in fairness, he's basically one of the team's uh, biggest sponsors today yeah i did not know until recently what Kimoa is and i did not <laughs> even know that was his brand yeah he took they basically they, they, they basically make eight out of ten quality lewis hamilton caps it's great <laughs> they uh he took a pay cut so when honda left so in in exchange he gets to put his sticker on whatever he wants that's understandable. How are we feeling about Stoffel Van Dorn finishing the season on a here with two seventh place finishes in Singapore and Malaysia back to back? I think Stoffel is going Stoffel to be. Season. I think Stoffel's going to be shocking in the midfield and potentially very pointy on races that uh, the McLaren can uh, flatter itself on. Yeah, in case y'all forgot, um, Stoffel Van Dorn for 2013 to 2015 was the dude in junior formula. Yes, and sadly, last year there he he his biggest issue was most likely grid penalties. I mean, he led the league last year in grid penalties, two hundred and eighteen. Um, and you know those yeah. those were McLaren's fault. There was no way that that, that wasn't related yeah. to Honda at all. Revisionism, uh, revisionism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and he got my personal honor for Rookie of the Year last year. I know it was a stacked category, um, but <laughs> but. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Stoffel can do with with, an, with another year's reign underneath him. He was very good last year. Gave Fernando a good run for his money in their head-to-head battles. And, you know, Stoffel did have landmark moments too in that car. It wasn't just a Fernando show all through last year. I know Fernando had probably the team's biggest highlight with that sixth-place finish in, in, in Hungary and that yeah, fastest then, lap at the end. Yep, and finished the season with three consecutive point-scoring finishes, 10th in Mexico, 8th in Brazil, 9th in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, he also did some race in uh, the Midwestern United States somewhere. He's probably did, well, going did... to the countryside in France this year as well. Yeah. Yep, um, we were, f- thanks, f- thanks, Marco, for um, sacrificing your setup for our sins. Much appreciated. Um... <laughs> I, I think but, finally um... on McLaren, I just want to... I, I am bullish, but I also... I think the only teams that I can say for sure I think they'll be ahead of are Sauber, Williams, and if we're going purely based on testing, Force India looks like they have gone completely backwards. They never unveiled their new spec car completely. Uh, Still waiting on that Mm. name change. They seem like they're lost in between years. And granted, Force India usually has a garbage winter, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, also, I don't. You're that confident they're better than Williams. 
I'm not so sure on that. Everyone I trust more than myself who knows about car design and how to spot a good or bad car based on trackside, the Williams looks undrivable. It Yikes. Will Buxton's 280 characters on Williams uh, was maybe the most scathing and, uh, well, not being... It's not like it's breaking down all the time. It's just... It's overweight, it's not changing tr- tr- uh, uh, direction, and it can't turn the tires on. Brought to you by another sponsor, Turning Things On. But, hey. uh, I yeah, I don't think the Williams is... Unless they sandbagged like hell, which, you know, maybe. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know. I also... Yeah, I, I am, I'm very scared for Free Practice 1. But at the same time, I have, I always have more faith than I should, because I'm a McLaren don't, fan. Don't, don't worry, I'm cutting the holes out of the brown paper bag for you, Pat, as we speak, just in case it goes tits up in Australia this weekend. Don't worry, I've got your back, bro. I've already King. got them cut into my Alonzo hoodie. Beautiful. <laughs> King, any closing comments on McLaren? On McLaren, no, not anything different than what's been said already. Like, I, I want them to improve, like, but I they, they are going to improve, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be as much as I probably anticipate. I, I thought, you know, with the announcement that they're going to par- partner with Renault, maybe they'd challenge for podiums. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not confident about it. Yeah, and in case you were wondering, it has now been... Um, exactly four years and four days since McLaren's last podium finish in the 2014 Australian Grand Prix. Kevin Magnussen's second place. Good God. And and Jensen Button's third after Danny Ricciardo got kicked the F out. That was the last time McLaren led the Constructors' Championship. That was the last time anyone but Mercedes has led the Constructors' Championship. Can can I just add one more thing? Yeah, Uh, sure. Obviously, with the halo, and if there's constantly been the comments about the flip flop, and McLaren, I can't remember the name of. Oh god, I can't remember the name of the, the sponsor. Oh now. my gosh, yes, I I <laughs> do actually know about what you're talking about. They've uh, they they partnered with a sandal maker that's going to donate all the proceeds they get to to a charitable cause, which is which is which good. Nice. It takes oh. one of it takes one of Formula One community's most tired and overplayed memes and turns it into something positive. Mm. Yeah, they they Indeed. they're both buying into the joke and also taking the piss completely out of the joke. So, it's it's a good. It's also that photo shoot looks like it was a great time, and I wish I could have been there. It looks like they were recording one of those Foster's adverts, the Australian beer ad company. I was like, oh, look, no dramas. But yes, um, the, uh, the sandal company is Gandhi's. They're making a special papaya and blue line of sandals or thongs, depending on where you are, where you're situated. Um, mm-hmm. All 100% profits all go to the Orphans for Orphans charity. Lovely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, I was like, like uh, once again, Uncle Zach is doing cool things with McLaren. Well, apart from having an entire like monopoly of the media market, but besides that, is he's he's fun, Uncle Zach. Um, Uncle Zach doing fun things with the formerly boring brand. Um, my take, real quick. <sighs> Anything less than podiums is going to be disappointing for McLaren. Quite frankly, given that. The argue the same tired argument I've heard of McLaren all this time has been 
Just wait till we get a good power unit. Just wait till we get a good power unit. The chassis is great. We're about to find out just how good that chassis is. Um, and their target really is Red Bull. And that's a lofty goal, given that Red Bull actually looked pretty solid. But, I, oh God, I, I think they'll be somewhere like 6th or 7th. I don't think they'll be as bad as ninth as they were last year. But... Um, I don't think they'll be anywhere near as good as they as they as they kind of hoping that they're going to be. At least that's my take, anyway. I think right I think there. six, yeah, six is probably the number. Yeah, right in the middle. Yeah, mm-hmm. that seems about right. That seems about right. So, like, so as we take a quick interlude here, let's talk about some of the F one changes for twenty eighty. Oh my god, the Halo's back. The Halo is here. There's no getting rid of it. Quick, get rid of it. No, it's terrible. Etc. Um, it's fine. I've already forgotten about it. Um, why is this, why is this a problem again? Um, oh, oh wait, it's FedEx, of course. Because um, Martin Brundle you know, keeps it, getting you know drunk what? at bars and then tweeting angrily about it. You know, it is physically impossible for anybody to tell what, who's driving the car. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I says know. Kevin Magnuson. Why does Kevin Magnuson think we're all stupid? I said this on Twitter yesterday. And somehow I didn't get a reply. Like I, I think people are forgetting the most important rule change for this year. Oh, you're that right. The t- that the teams will be limited to three, well, three of most of the components and uh, two MGUKs, two energy stores, and two control electronics, which is basically like I, I don't see how anyone's going to avoid like not taking a penalty by Canada this year. <laughs> I, I hope you all like grid penalties last year because we're probably going to get just well, as worry, many, if uh, not more, next season. they up the grid penalty system. Yeah. Um, in the event that you change a power unit component, it'll still be subject to a 5 or 10 place grid penalty depending on the component being changed. However, should they then replace a second component, they will be moved to the back of the starting grid. If multiple drivers are moved to the back of the grid, their starting positions will be determined by the order the components were changed based on the most recent change by each driver. Like, literally anyone who's ever taken any, like, basic algebra course should be able to work this out. Algebra, yay. (laughs) Yes. Um, Also, engine suppliers have to provide the same specifications of power units, Um, so Mercedes-AMG does not have um, well, for the F1 2017 player, um, they have lean, standard, and rich. They don't have mats anymore. You mean you mean it's not like like F1 2017 anymore? No, damn it! Uh, <laughs> but there's still a, the the factory team is still a, allowed to write their own maps. So I don't think this is going to do what they hope it does, but. Uh, I, I thought you were going to bring up a very different rule change, which, uh, you know, they keep t- saying they're going to do. Burning? No, uh, standing restarts. Oh, yeah, standing restarts are also a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember that thing no one talks about because we all think it's dumb and it's definitely not, definitely not going to make it out of Australia? But entertainment value, Pat, entertainment value, we get standing restarts, unpredictability. Remember the uh, entertainment value of new qualifying? The new Coke of qualifying. The new Coke. Oh. Hey, now, new, new Coke does not deserve to be dragged like this. Yes, it does. Said um, Mr. Atlanta. 
Ooh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I'm not sure. Like, it's is it after every safety car period or just red flags? So I'm assuming it's after every safety car period. I think they want it to be at. I think the rule as it is written right now is. I it might actually even be at the discretion of Charlie, but. I think the goal is ev- after every safety car. Yeah, because I, I know the like the only hard, like, it won't happen limit I've seen is it can't be within the first five laps or the last five laps. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Probably for the best. We don't want another Robert Wicking situation here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Even yeah, we, though... don't want a situ- we don't want a situation where F1 has to feel compelled to institute overdrive. Yeah, because... Oh, no. Because... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. RJ, because, we no. Had, because, I mean... because the FIA thought it would be too dangerous to have rolling double file restarts. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> but they're the best drivers really. in the world. I don't know. The best drivers in the world wouldn't be able to handle rolling double file restarts at Monaco. Okay. Yeah. Monaco. They want none of that. Yeah. We also have. Uh, we also have. Uh, we're cracking down on oil burning uh, to get more horsepower in the car, which I think was kind of overdue. Um, there are no shark fins anymore. There are no T wings anymore. Um, kind of. To, kind of. Not really. I mean, you kind of still have extensions on the on the engine cover of the car but they're not like as extreme as they were mm-hmm. also we have two new tire compounds right there are two <laughs> new ones super hard and ultra soft no no it's not oh, hyper soft. hyper it's soft hyper soft, soft. Like, are we, are we playing the Wipeout series? Like, like Hypersoft is a thing now? I, I, I can't believe this is actually a thing. This sounds stupid. It's like, like, and you know what? When no one is going to be able to say super hard and not giggle like school children. Like, it's not going to happen. Also, like, seriously. We're, we're not going to make it about somebody corpsing. It's, it's, oh, don't worry. It's fine. They're not even going to use the tire in an actual race session. Oh, anyway, we're never going to see the super hard ever. <laughs> Depends. Is Lewis Hamilton winning? <laughs> oh, and they also have another new rule that only applies to free practice sessions. I like to call it the Susie Wolf rule. To participate in a free practice session, you need to have at least 25 super license points over the last three years or have competed in uh, at least six Formula 2 races. Yes, because we need gotcha. to gatekeep free practice sessions. That's what we need to do. We need to protect the sanctity of the free practice one session that sets the car up for FP2. <laughs> yeah, can't sell that off to the highest bidder anymore. It's how unfortunate. Rip in peace, Chanak Nissany. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who once said an F1 car had too much grip. Um... <laughs> he couldn't even get the steering wheel off of it. Yay! <laughs> Is there any other shocking, groundbreaking changes to F1 this year we still have to cover? Nah, oh, the new, ed- the new theme music. The new theme music. That is a regulation change. It's okay. The, the theme music it's is fun. okay. Yeah, also, it- the typeface font is ass! Yeah, it is terrible. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I, it's I, awful. I, did, I did that again. I did that again just to emphasize the point that this... Who designed this? I don't know. Committee. Who came... A committee that went. Who? No, it wasn't a committee. A committee would never allow that. 
who looked at a bunch of the Designers Republic designs from like the early to mid '90s and thought, "Hey, what if we did this with like half the effort?" No, Some, somebody like looked at somebody looked at like that old NASA worm logo and they're like, "Hey, didn't Cart do that?" And we're like, "We're gonna do it even more." <laughs> oh dear, it's not that Maybe bad. Fine. It's not that bad. It's like, what people saying it's terrible and whatnot? Guys, like, you can I listen d- to the chain anytime, any place. You can listen anywhere. to it in a Starbucks on your way to work. Like, anyone who anyone who doesn't like the new theme music has not watched any American sport broadcast ever. Like, I literally saw... The first reply to a post where I saw the theme music post said, "It's too over dramatic." I'm like, "What? Whoa! Wait! Wait, wait a minute! Just wait till you see America." <laughs> oh, they probably like had their fingers in their ears when they had Michael Buffer do the intros last year. Um, but um, oh god, any, anything else you guys want to cover? Uh, sh- no. Should we talk about TV now or wait? <laughs> I think we could wait. Okay. Yeah, we can we'll, wait. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. We, we, we can afford to wait for for, for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Should we go back to some teams, then, ladies and gents? Yes, yes. please. Let's, let's go Midfield City. Yep. Yep. So let's get to Haas next. Haas, who finished in eighth last year with 47 points. Their best finish was sick for Romain Grosjean in Austria. Tends to, do, tends to go quite well over there. Um, now... For me, probably the biggest surprise of the test was Haas looks very strong out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, they do. I, like I'll be honest, I was I was keeping so seldom track of testing. Like I was checking it, like oh that's cool, and then all of a sudden through like at like as like the test is wrapping up, all everybody's saying, "Yo, Haas looks legit." I'm like, what? Well, that's the thing. It like. It's not completely far-fetched for this team to do good. We all saw it when they first came onto the scene. And, oh, you know, that they, was great. They shocked the world with that initial sixth place. And Romain Grosjean was one of the best, like, six, like the best sixth place, like, finishing race call I've ever heard in my life. Guys, this is a win for us. This is a win for us. <laughs> Unbelievable. <That laughs> is the one. Don't don't try to do a French accent again, Dre. Just don't. Also, it's, it, that was not intentional. <laughs> it's uh, they also shocked the world in uh, being one half of the crash that uh, Lonzo was a part of. So up and down weekend, but yeah, I yeah. I think as an American, I have sort of a weird relationship with the Haas team. In that they're not really American. I mean, the money is American. They're they're as America's team as the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. Ouch. I don't I don't even want to associate Haas with the Dallas Cowboys, but I bet it's better than the Patriots. Uh, well, excuse me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Man King just over there like. I want to go jump into a. I want to go jump into a trash compactor. Yeah, yes. I I feel like Koss is. They're either going to take a step up, or uh, I I I worry that they're going to waste the potential that the car has this year. I'm worried they're going to fade out towards the end of the season because Sauber have scored 
grand total in their two seasons of Formula One, they've scored Sauber. 76 points. Haas, yes, I've done it again. So Haas have scored 76 <laughs> points in Formula One. Um, can you care to guess how many of those points have come in the after the spring break of their first two seasons? After the summer break of the first two seasons, how many points has this team scored? Combined over both years? Yes. 12? Um, you're, you're not very wrong. It's... <laughs> actually that's what they call me not very wrong <laughs> not very wrong it's 19 19 of their 76 points scored as a team have come after the summer break of the season they are a very strong first half team and honestly i would not be surprised if they got on the if they snuck out a podium in australia which is much which is a lot more of a wild card event than we give it credit for um Maybe a little bit yeah, if they sneak out a podium out of this, this would not surprise me. I feel like I think I, I think podium's a bit lofty here. I, like I I'm not having anything touch the top six in that sense. Like I'm keeping that exclusive towards the big boys. But um... if the the right things happen, then they're definitely they're one of those teams that could sneak it. Not expecting top spec, but I could see them possibly sneaking a third place if the right things happen. It would have to be a situation like Lance's podium last year, where it's just a completely top to bon- top to bottom bonkers race. Or oh, they probably, if they were in a better position last year, Singapore could have been very good for them. They need they need a crash that takes out you know top four cars, but. uh yeah, I, anything anything can happen to us. I feel like we're in for a very 2013 season. Take that how yeah. you will. Uh, but yeah, but that 2013 season. That's great news season, for Romain Grosjean. That's that what I was about Romain to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, if the, if that means if if the car is good, then Grosjean will be fantastic up the front because like I, there's a reason I nickname him Baseline because I think he is the baseline for how good a car is. If the car is good, Grosjean is excellent. If the car is mediocre, we're all going to know about it via team radio. Um, yeah. <laughs> because no one swings on a dime like that, quite like Romain Grosjean, if you ask me. But, yeah, um, and he's also a driver that's starting to realize that he may not have enough chances to move up the grid. He turns 32 next month. This is his seventh full season. Um, he has a lot more miles on him than... Most people might be willing to admit it wasn't that long ago that this Haas drive was going to be considered his way to get that Ferrari drive. Now I'm not sure it may even happen. And now yeah. he has to worry about the fact that his uh, his new teammate, Kevin Magnuson, who, buddy, you want to talk about somebody that is um, asserting themselves as elbows all the way fuck out. Oh, boy. Yeah, like, I, I like. I think Kevin Magnussen could be very good if he just reels in the crazy just a couple of notches. It was the um, it was the Sergio Perez at McLaren problem. He ruined. Yeah, yeah. He ruined his own drive. So, yeah. This is true, and I think Kevin's very good. And but I think like I think I actually think his upside might be a little bit higher than Romain sometimes. I think the issue is that. 
he's just going to end up infuriating everybody if he keeps barging people off the road left, right, and center. Because he had a bit of a, he got he gained a bit of a reputation last year of basically not understanding what a co-op space is. Um, pissing off Hulk. Like, like my favorite was when he ran Alonso off the road in Malaysia, and then Alonso goes, "Hulkenberg was light." <laughs> That was hilarious. <laughs> the conspiracy theory was also the alarm button was also set up in my head when Kevin Madden said said he'd love to do IndyCar full time sometime. And I'm thinking, right, he's going to drive himself out of that Haas contract, isn't he? Yep, he's just going to cat he's just going to catapult Fernando towards the Australian Wall, just like Esteban <laughs> did last year. <laughs> he, his contract, his contract as is Roman's, is up at the end of the year. So. Yeah. This is Ooh, a team contract, in flux yeah. because now they used to be Ferrari's B team, and now we're not so sure after Alfa Romeo Sauber F1 yeah. team became a thing. It, it, it is interesting to see the list of contracts that are ending at this year. Basically, the only people who are not of the major players that are not tied down next year are uh, Vettel and Verstappen, who are both set until 2020. It's going to be a very interesting year off track, I feel like, and maybe some good races, but I don't know. I worry. I worry. I, I worry for Haas purely because Gene said that if they don't get any major results in five years, they may consider their future. And this is year three, and I don't think Gene is dropping a hundred plus million a year to finish like eighth overall. Like, it's... I mean, have you seen his NASCAR team that he's built up with one Tony Stewart? Yeah. Where, where it... one of their dudes has now won 60% of the races in the NASCAR Cup Series as of this recording? Exactly. So, like, at some point, Gene's going to want to return on his investment. Like, if, if not financially, certainly in terms of results. Mm-hmm. And they've not even had a top five finish yet, and we're headed into year three. Uh, actually, no, Tim, like he had one top five finish. The Bahrain race in 2016 was, I think, Grosjean finished fifth there. So, yeah, one top five, no podiums as of yet. Um, but when you compare it to the last three teams that entered F1, stunning. Oh, yeah, that's stunning. the thing. Yeah, that's that. they were set up on the right foot to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that was but really did anyone have? But did any of these new teams have Gene Hass's level of budget? They did. Or a, Fer- or a Ferrari technical alliance. They did not. Right, so Caterham had Caterham like, had a comparable budget to Haas. Really, Caterham had so much money that they pissed yeah, away. Caterham had a ton of money. Caterham had so much money that they fucked off with. Oh my god, Caterham yeah, had, so, so that... had all that money that bought Queens Park Rangers so many Premier League titles. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you have the money doesn't mean you can do anything with it. That's that's entirely true. But this is this is starting to be the make or break years for Haas. Oh, I, I don't I, argue yeah. that, but yeah, I, I do think that still they've done way better than the last couple of teams enter the sport. Granted, they didn't build the they designed the car, but they did not build the car the first year. They share so much with Ferrari. Uh, the new car, this year's car, still looks. It's got a lot of last year's Ferrari in it, especially around the side pods. Uh. The question is here, though, is it, is it going to hold out over an entire season? Because there's a good chance it starts strong. But 
they don't seem to have the development now that a lot of other midfield teams do, like Renault did, for example, towards the end of last year, and they were running in the top five on several occasions. Like That's the thing uh, I worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, okay, before we move on, I'm setting the over-under to 6.5 for championship position. Where are we going, over or under on that? Over. Yeah, over. Boldly. Boldly over. <laughs> Just mm. under. I'm going to say under. I'm with RJ on this one. I don't think they'll be in the top six. I'm, I, I I, think there's still work to be done with that team. The problem is I'm not sure where the improvement's going to come from. Um, they're, they're probably going to be the team that starts strong but will probably fade towards the end of the year, and that worries me because teams that get good at the end tend to do better, at least from what I've noticed anyway. But I feel um, like with the car and the shape it is now, they might still be able to bag enough points by the summer break to hold on to a higher position in the championship that is true and if they and if they were to somehow get a podium finish out of all this i think that's a successful year by their standards no matter how the rest of the 20 races go this time sunday when roman grosjean wins his first australian grand prix you'll (laughs) laugh at me that's super not gonna happen but how cool would it be if it did happen right (laughs) yes I, I agree. I believe Robin Grosjean is going to win the Australian Grand Prix, and then I'm going to turn off F1 2017 on my computer and <laughs> go back to whatever it is I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 I'm going to also ask Jennifer Lawrence for her hand in marriage. Um, oh, you could do right. better. <laughs> I know I could. That's the that's the thing. I'm I'm like I'm setting my bar quite low. I'm being I'm, I'm being modest here, Pat. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> call me. Um, <laughs> But, but um, let's move on up the field a little bit. Scuderia Toro Rosso, dot, 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 Honda. Um, yes. Oh, no, no, it's it's Red Bull Toro Rosso Honda. So now we have a team called Red Bull Red Bull Honda. <laughs> of course. Like the Sahara um, Desert. Or like, yeah, Mount Fuji. Um, yeah, it, go, it goes on. Insert jokes here. Last year, they finished 7th in the contract with 53 points. Their highest finish... Carlos goddamn signs finishing fourth in Singapore. Um, like, for my season review last year, I said, biggest weakness, losing Carlos signs. Biggest strength, maybe Honda isn't so bad now. Um, and I think that sentiment rung true for a lot of testing. It's like, oh my god, like, that Honda's reliable. Like, Pierre Gasly led the, led the lap count for the first test in Catalonia. Um... They were firing the engine up a day early, according to our, our man Luke Smith on Twitter. So, it's like, strangely, for the most part, the camp is probably a little bit rosier than we thought at Toro Rosso. Yes, I agree with you, but I hate to say it because I like both of the drivers a whole lot. I think the weakness that will hold the car back this year is the driver's. I, well, I, let, 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 let's cut to the chase. Yeah. Like, Carlos Sainz scored 54 points on his own last mm-hmm. year for both teams. That is a that is an enormous-sized hole left behind by our Motorsport 101 Driver of the Year last year. Um, and, and how many points did uh, Pierre and Brendan score uh, during their couple of races? At I would disregard that year. entirely because, again, they started the season off of the back foot because... Again, we joke around the fact that, oh my goodness, the hot Renault is much more reliable than the Honda. 
Uh, towards the end of 2017, it was not. So Pierre really Gasly and Brendan Hartley were starting their seasons off late in the year with grid penalties right out the bat pretty much every race that they drove. It's like waking up in a dumpster that's already been set on fire. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good place to start. It's so, the yeah. real life equivalent of playing a video game and electing to start at the back every single race because you're too lazy to do qualifying. Uh, yeah, it's 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 like let's compare. I mean, last year Carlos Sainz scored fifty four points, as mentioned. Daniel Kvyat had five, and I suspect. Kvyat's point total was probably a better baseline for that car last year than Carlos was. Um, this could be a tough year for him if, like, if like the car like is going to have to be spectacular because I think I think they've got a lot to cover here. Um, they also are another team that notably falls behind on development throughout the year. They do. Yeah, yeah, and Toro Rosso, always notably, at least in some years that I knew them, very quick in qualifying, fall to shambles during the race. It happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Pierre Gasly will probably be leading the team from an experience standpoint in single-seaters. Um, you know, basically year 1.5 for, for both him and Brendan Hartley, who obviously he retains his seat full-time for this year. Happy it's an see, exciting team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great to see. Like, I think it's an exciting team on paper. Like, I think Pierre Gasly is extremely talented, and Hartley is one of the best, or like one of the best, you know, close cockpit racers on the planet. Um, no question. Yeah, um, he had four wins in the lap, four wins a year every year from 2015 to 2017 with Porsche in the World Endurance Championship. Yeah. He was a two-time World Endurance Drivers Champion, and he's the defending. 24 hours of Le Mans race winner. Mm-hmm. If you could have pulled anybody from outside the ladder to Formula 1 and plugged him right into a Formula 1 car, you couldn't get much better choices than Brendan Hartley. And he's still in his late 20s. It's a great story to have him back in Formula 1 from a country that seemingly had lost all hope of getting a driver to Formula 1 um, with a lost generation of ta- talents of him, of Nick Cassidy, of Mitch Evans, of Richie Stanaway, and what have you. That's great. Mm-hmm. Pierre Gasly, lest we forget, in 2016, he was the GP2, he was the GP2, soon to be Formula 2 champion, and he nearly won the Super Formula Championship. Probably could have won it if the last two races were cancelled due to a goddamn typhoon. <laughs> As you do. And then not rescheduled um. because conspiracy. Because <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> Pat, don't be that guy. No, I'm, I'm dead, totally kidding. But, I, no, I think... <laughs> And plus, I honestly think it, uh, Toro Rosso uh, and, and a larger part, probably Red Bull next year, are better partners for Honda than McLaren were. Well, Ooh, yeah. l- let's cut to the chase. This, this, this feels like a dummy run for a Red Bull-Honda run, doesn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. If, yeah. Th- this is something the Red Bull organization is notorious for. Remember when they dumped their Ferrari engines onto Toro Rosso to get Renault power in the mid to late uh, 2000s? Yeah, it, it, it feels like a dummy run. I think Red Bull are going to be keeping a very close eye on their junior team this year. I think if they see a, some potential there, I think it will pull the trigger towards Red Bull dropping their tag, <coughs> tag, <coughs> fewer <coughs> power units. Um, for something a bit more Japanese in 2019, but uh, Seiko, 
sure, we'll, 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 go, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, I was thinking Rolex myself, but um, you know that that works too. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where to put this team. Um, like, over under six and a half because they finished seventh the last four years in a row. I think that's. I think exactly seven seems about right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say slightly under. <laughs> the best thing that they can have happen to them is if the car is reliable, and goodness gracious, heaven forbid, they don't have the same kind of driver turnover that they had last year. They'll be in good shape. Well, I don't know who they just could some, put just in some the car. Stability. Who could they put in the car besides these two? Tickton? Ooh, maybe. Oh, I don't think he's got the, ex- the he's got the license points, does he? What's what's Daniel? No. What's Daniel doing? Give it. Mm. I mean, they need to he's hire and fire he's, him he's, a couple more times. Yeah. Oh no, he's uh he's at Ferrari now. Oh he's, right, uh, right, he yeah. is. Which uh, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> he's, he's too busy wearing that signature Ferrari blazer and looking very handsome in it. Um, that's the that's best job you could have. The Toro Rosso road to the third Ferrari seat? Yeah, just ask, like, just ask Punta del Este winner Jean-Eric Byrne. It's a, it's a wonderful program. Notorious public <laughs> peer Jean-Eric Byrne. You mean Jean-Eric Byrne, who once famously, famously shouted fuck Toro Rosso at the top of his lungs during an oh, autograph yeah, signing? Oh yeah, I completely forgot that Daniel Kvyat is also at his quote-unquote national team in LMP. <laughs> yes! Oh right, yeah, he's part of Team Russia. Yeah. It's lit. Right. What a boy. I think that seg- that, uh, that uh, sudden injection of Russian money is a good segue to our next team. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you say that, but if we're going in reverse championship order, we are going to Renault next. Mm. Renault mm, is an interesting one. Like, they finished sixth last year in the championship with 57 points. Best finish, they had five sixth place finishes last year. Hulkenberg had four of them. Jody and Palmer had his career high finish in Singapore, that sixth place. Arguably the most underrated team of 2017 last year, but. They had crippling reliability problems towards the end. Ones that arguably robbed Nico Hulkenberg of a couple of chances at his first career podium. Um, knocking on the door at both Singapore and Mexico, both with engines, yeah, a little bit uh, out of whack. But, um. Ugh, like. Alright. Yeah. I. This is gonna be interesting because, like. I'd argue Renault were probably the team that punched above its weight the most during testing. Like, really? They're a factory. A little bit. They are a factory team. But it's like, yeah. they've, they've not been a very good one for quite some... Yeah, I mean, King is saying, like, this is his team, and they're like, well, yeah, they should have been at this point by now. And that's not entirely an unfair assessment, they're... given how much money they're investing into the program. Yeah, Renault came back to win titles, so, like, this ramp-up in quality is not to be unexpected. And especially now that they've got Sainz and Hulkenberg together, that is a one hell of a pairing, even though I rate... That is an incredible lineup. I rate Sainz. I rate Sainz so much more highly than I rate Hulkenberg. Oh, you you clearly have not been listening to the show long-term, because I think two years ago, I have him as my driver of the year candidate. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, like King caped hard for Carlos Sainz, a 20, uh, 2016 driver of the year, and he very nearly got it. Um, he very nearly talked me into it before I um, got off the narcotics. Um, but <laughs> Carlo- <laughs> it, is, it is an incredible team. Car- it is an incredible driver lineup. Like, that is. Mm-hmm. I can think of maybe only two or three teams that have a lineup better than that on paper. Um, like, I'm not the biggest Hulkenberg guy, but I lean on the positive side of the fence with Hulkenberg. Um, and I think he was very good last year, cracking the top ten in the championship. But, you know, and was probably robbed of a massive good chunk of extra points. He didn't. He's been get in the to... top ten of the championship the last five years. Oh, by the way, he's still one for one at some race out in France somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good at that whole racing in France on the weekends thing. Um, like, there's the thing though. Like, I think this feels like the year that Renault really should be thinking podiums. Like, like I, I think their main competition is going to be Force India and pr- maybe up to a lesser degree Red Bull if they're going to really punch above their weight. Again, I say that relatively speaking. I know they're a factory team. I get it. They're on the way back up. Um, the question is, how big a leap are they going to take? And, like... That is an exceptional team. The last impressions of the car wasn't good in 2017. Like, if Renault gets their shit together, just how high are we talking here? Um, I think we're talking a team that's going to finish fourth in the championship. Yeah, fourth. <laughs> that, that's the peak. We're talking, we're talking Hulkenberg finally, finally gets that podium piano off of his back. No. And Carlos Sainz gets podium. And I would not be surprised if they were at least pounding on the door of victory. I'm not going to say they're they're going to win, but they're going to come very close at some point in this year, and it's going to sneak up on us like a bad habit. I I don't. It, I said no, not because I don't think I don't want. It's not that I am rooting against Hulkenberg to not get a podium. I feel like he's too cursed to get a podium. He's destined. It, it, it is destiny for Nico Hulkenberg to never finish on the podium. Like That is my belief, and I'm sticking to it. He's had, what, 140-plus races now, and he still hasn't gotten one, even though he's had numerous chances to get one, and his talent is far beyond that of a guy that's never been on the podium. But, uh, he, you know. He'll only ever have... He's, he's going to be that person who only ever has one podium, and it'll be the top step, and that's it. It'll be Ooh. one time. And it'll one, be the greatest moment. Uh-huh. It worked for Pastor Maldonado. Oh sure. God, you're right. That was the only time. <laughs> yep. And it's Williams Grand Prix's only victory in the past twelve years. You're welcome. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, that, is a ter- that is a terrifying thought. Um, fourth. You guys are saying fourth. I think I don't think they're going to be as high as that. I. I still think the team in pink from Northamptonshire will end up there. <laughs> oh, I, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> if we're going purely on winter testing, nah, uh buddy. But that's bold. I want, I want Force India to win. But like, I nah. 
I don't think they will win this year. I don't think they'll... I think you do... guys are entirely far too optimistic about this top six. And the fact, the fact they think that Renault's going to sneak in there and win the old race. I think that's still oh, far I didn't... too lofty. Oh, I never said no, that. I oh, I yeah, never no, said I that. I'm putting that, in, I'm, I'm putting that in Camp O'Connell, by the way, for, the, like, for those guys that are... They certainly... They have the drivers to do it. Would they we, do, would, but would, that's would, not the problem here. Speak? Yeah, I mean, you're not entirely wrong... But at the same time, they're they're closer to where they that where they've been the last two years. They've got the best driver lineup they've ever had. The car is in, in good shape, at least. Uh, they have the 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 least reliable power store and the least amount of them to use throughout the season. Yeah, that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. also something to consider. They are going to live or die based on the reliability of their own engine. So they. They they are the benchmark for what that Renault unit will be able to do in the correct hands, oh. and I have a feeling that it might let them down more often than it lifts them up. I think that's fair. It's not quite as absinthe-induced as their late 70s run. No. Oh, God. I that Look. Might help. Yeah. A little bit of absinthe I mean, might both, help. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, guys. The, the the late seventies run was pro- they were a team ahead of their time. Yeah, four point five over or under. <laughs> as the police gets wrong, that's brilliant. That was the best comedic timing I think we've ever had on this show. I'm gonna be honest. Like, like, the firefighters are very good at comedic timing. Uh, yeah. Yes, they are perfect. Yeah, I have them over. Four point five over under under. Under. I'm saying under. I don't think they're quite there yet. Another year, I think. Um, they definitely can't take a step back from where they finished in the championship last year. No, but they'll they. I mean, if they do, then God, we're then it. But yeah. Let, let's put it to you this way: the 57 points was a catfish. It should have easily been more like 80 to 90. Given if if they if they had half a shred of reliability and they had a better second driver than Julian fucking Palmer was last year. They probably would have been in triple digits. That's BBC Radio 5 Live F1 commentator Julian Palmer. And I think he'll be very good over there for what it's worth. Martin so, Brundle Jr. Uh, over there. Yeah. Yeah, but like not not as arse holy. Um, oh, I, I don't actually quite like Julian Palmer. <laughs> I, I like Julian on, on, on commentary, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Um, <laughs> um, right, so... Let's take a quick interview before we get into the upper midfield um, for Formula 1 this year. Let's have a quick breakdown of the biggest, well, joint biggest ever F1 calendar for 2018. 21. It's thick, fam. It's thick. It is 21 races this year. We are going back to what was it, 2016, I think it was, where we had 21 races that season. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. doing it again. Obviously... The opening round on March 25th at Melbourne um, at Albert Park for the uh, for the opening Grand Prix this weekend. A couple of weeks later, yeah. we go to Bahrain, which I believe is Channel 4's first live race, if you're that way inclined in the UK and you don't want to give Sky's um, overlords your money. Um, that is the first of a back-to-back with China a week later in Shanghai on April 15th. A couple of weeks um, Baku welcomes you back on yeah. April 29th. Baku in its new slot, round four. Yeah, because they off... <laughs> they don't want us there in June. Yeah, so... in... yeah, 
So um, for totally not political reasons. Yeah, um, they're celebrating their 100th anniversary as a, as a democratic country. Quote unquote, democratic country. <coughs> uh. Democratic being in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> so if they're that way inclined. So yeah, Baku now round four to kick off the inverted commas European season. Um, after that, a couple of weeks later, we head back to Barcelona for the uh, Spanish Grand Prix. The new the Mercury and Mozart, baby. Um, yeah, yeah, we got uh, we got two wild card races in the first five rounds because Bahrain, China, and Spain are probably more akin to what you're going to see for the balance of the season. They're Mercedes so. tracks. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's yeah. let's let's call let's call a spade a spade here. Um, they are Merck's tracks. Um, but yeah, like Spain, May thirteenth, the newly relayed circuit to Catalonia, which is good, just good to see. Just God, I wish that were me. Just, just, just. Oh, <laughs> oh no! As as a newly single guy, I can't help but agree with RJ O'Connell on that one. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, like, just don't tell Lewis Hamilton that. Apparently, it takes the character away, as if bikes don't race on it or something. You wanker. Um, anyway, he's gonna sing uh, about Nicole the... again. Don't don't give him ideas. <laughs> um, t- two weeks later, on May twenty seventh. Monaco, which totally isn't clashing with something. Um, some race out in the Midwest, apparently. Um, you mean the Coca-Cola after... 600? Yeah, yeah no. that one. Yeah. That one. Much anticipated. Um, after that one, June 10th, we head to my favourite track on the calendar, Montreal, for the Canadian Grand Prix. I love Montreal. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun when Lewis Hamilton wins by 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. um, oh, can I do the next one? Can I do the next one? <laughs> Yes, you can, King. Go on. I know it's, you're excited. Yeah, it's the return of the granddaddy of them all, the Grand Prix de France at Circuit Paul Ricard. Okay, June 24th. Yes! <laughs> the granddaddy of them all. Grand Prix racing is back where it belongs in France. In a parking yes. lot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was either a parking lot or the actual literal middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> We'll, we'll take Paul Ricard. With no stands. Yeah. With no stands. <laughs> it's going to be like racing in Qatar all over again. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it's the first of three races in three weeks. A triple header in the middle of the season. Um, after that, uh, the week later, they head to the Red Bull Ring and Spielberg for the Austrian Grand Prix. Another the one Red that Bull pop- still has not won a race yet. Yeah, and you know, like, hey, maybe KTM will sneak a top six in MotoGP. Nah, nah, it, it, it's totally Vince McMahon booking. You don't win in your hometown. No, never. Not in a bajillion years. Um, Not in this engine course, regulation cycle. <laughs> yeah, indeed. A uh, week after that, on July eighth, Great Britain, everybody. Yeah, when what could be the last British Grand Prix. <laughs> As we know it, yeah, that's uh, that's a thing. That's going to be like uh, how how much pathetic Sky Sports F one pandering are we going to get during that weekend? All of it, but All hey, it. but hey, we'll get another Lewis Hamilton signature cap, and they're always pretty. Um, so Actually, I correct myself. Twenty nineteen is the last year on, on the current contract. Yeah, I, I yeah. twenty nineteen before oh. it gets inevitably renewed for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is Lewis's chance to continue being the most dominant? driver at a British Grand Prix, Asterix, um, Silverstone. Like, like are, you, are you standing for Jim Clark again, Zoe? No, technically if he wins this year, he has actually overtaken him in yeah. British Grand Prix wins. Because right now, in terms of British Grand Prix wins, 
uh, Hamilton, Prost, and Clark are all tied at five. Cool, cool. Zoe, back in the sim bin. Right, <laughs> um, two weeks after that, July 22nd, we're back in Germany. The Hockenheim ring is back. Yay! Yeah, the return of the Grasso Priest von Deutschland. Very nice. Very smooth there. I'll believe, smooth. I'll believe it's happening when the green flag drops. <laughs> um, can I just add, like, speaking of Jim Clark, 50th anniversary of his death, and we go back to Hockenheim. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Everybody, thank God we got the Halos, guys. Thank God we got the Halos. Zoe Hamilton is also been, just <laughs> cleave the fucking track in half. <laughs> Zoe has been red carded for descent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that that is the first of another double header as of a week after Germany on July 29th. We go back to Budapest for the, the Hungaro wing for the Hungarian Grand Prix, or as I like to call it. Lewis Hamilton land. Um, <laughs> they got the water what? park and everything. Yard, Nagadish. Yep. Is, uh, is, that the, is that the ex Matty G pronunciation? Um, <laughs> God help us all. Um, after that, we have the summer break. And after that, on August 26th, F1 is back at Spa Francorchamps in Belgium. Or I like to call it the, the return of the Max Verstappen hive. Um, oh. Prepare for a sea of orange, ladies and gentlemen. Um, for the for the half adopted Dutch Belgian son, that's always going to be fun. That is again one of a double header as the week after that, Monza. You know everyone's least favorite favorite F one round. Grand Premio d'Italia. You said Monaco wrong. <laughs> no, no, Fuck no, Monza. I, I, I swore that he was supposed to say Mugello. I swear to God. Ooh. I wish, I so wish, but they'll be too busy having Valentino Rossi fans grinding guitars and basically right, raring yellow like it's out of fashion. Um, two weeks after that, September 16th, we go back to Singapore where hopefully the Ferraris are able to drive in a fucking straight line. I'm still not upset about that. Um, sorry. <clears throat> Um, after that, two weeks later, Russia, back in its old slot, September 30th, we, as we return to Sochi's enormous car park. Um, where, always... where, in fact, the winner would, in fact, finish runner-up in the Russian presidential election. Sweet. And then be it, killed you know, by you... nerve gas. <laughs> or some polonium in an envelope. Um, don't shake right, his hand. Well, don't can... shake his hand. Whatever you do, don't shake his hand. <laughs> Yeah, no. O- only Sergey can shake his hand. Only Sergey. Only Sergey. Hey, we again, again another another one of a back to back. The week after that, October seventh, my like like Sebastian's favorite, many favorites, Suzuka on October seventh. Such an amazing racetrack. I love Suzuka. Um, I hope yeah, it has more of a spark on... than last year. Mm. Anyone got anything <laughs> to plug? <laughs> 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 Guys, I don't think Patrick's coming back. Um, just, but he will be back in Austin, Texas, for the United States Grand Prix on October twenty first. The week after that, um, F one heads back down south to Mexico City for the Mexico Grand Prix, where Lewis Hamilton will probably win the championship. Um, so that'll be on October twenty eighth. A couple of weeks after that, F one is back and into Lagos for the Brazilian Grand Prix, where Lewis will have another yellow cap. Um, that's always fun because he still claims to be Edson Senna's godchild of some kind. I, I guess. Well, again, to be fair, they don't they don't have a hometown hero to root for this time out. Probably for the best. Um. um <laughs> so and a fortnight. Is this the and, last and, Brazilian Grand Prix? 
of the current contract? Uh, yes. Depends. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, the city, the city of Sao Paulo, are trying to find a buyer for the track. Well, good Lord knows they're not putting any money into security. So, <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody will probably hold up the team boss um, or something. Um, and finally, the season ends on November 25th at Yas Marina for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. The race it's, show of shows. it's even year Abu Dhabi. It's going to be good. Abu Dhabi and even year is always pretty entertaining because there's a title on the line or it's an entertaining race like it was in 2012. Abu Dhabi and odd years, always crap. You're right. So like Star Trek movies. Or Baku. Con! <laughs> no, wait. Baku's good on odd years. Never mind. Shit. Yeah. I don't think there's enough of a sample size for that yet. <laughs> but, um, on a sample size of but, two yeah. years. Yeah. But um, that's the 2018 calendar. It is precisely eight months long. And yeah, 21 races. Looking forward to subjecting ourselves to glorious amounts of pain. Um, oh, yeah. Like... That, that should be fun. Start obviously starting this weekend. Right. Going back to my previously butchered set list. Um, <laughs> because I, I swerved everybody. Everyone was, was thinking that Williams was going to be next. And I put Renault in instead. <laughs> I'm, I, I like to mix things up. It's great. Next up, we are going to Williams, who finished fifth last year with 83 points. Their best finish was that time that young Canadian fella finished third in Baku. Yeah. Um, well, it, it should have been second. God damn you, Valtteri. Why do you not like fun? Um, <laughs> still, nice photo, though. So, does any team at the moment scream lack of direction more than Williams? Because they probably attracted more off-season headlines than almost any other team with their driver debacle. Um, eventually putting Sergei Sorokin in the seat and generally speaking the testing reviews have not been positive for Williams going forward no one seems happy to be there and no one seems to be happy about where they're going that's that's it, I, it just seems like they're in the middle of nowhere at the moment I mean, this is technically the first full year of Patty Lowe as um, tech chief technical officer of the team. And boy, what a stunning really testing they had. <laughs> mm. Like, oh, university considered to be in the shitter um, is the sleep street on for it. Like, Will Buxton's words were not positive regarding Williams as a car. Um, heavy, clunky, couldn't turn in. And by most timing screens, pretty slow by the looks of it, too. Um, Where the hell do we go from here, people? I mean, this is year two of Lance Stroll. We we know he had peaks and valleys last year. Mostly positive. I mean, I think a bit better than people anticipated. um, Especially given he had Felipe Massa as a teammate. But... um, I think this could be the team that goes backwards the most compared yeah. to last year, given they were fifth, and that was probably a little bit lofty for them last year because in their main fight with Force India, they were thoroughly outclassed. Yeah, pretty much the only thing stable at Williams is their stock price. Somehow. Well, of all the things to be stable, like, like somehow the stock price is okay. Well, who would have thought it? <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I, I don't... Buddy. 
I don't feel good about William's long-term viability anymore. And I hate to say that, and it's not... I don't know. I don't feel good about anything regarding the future of that team, especially as we move further and further away from the Frank era. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It... 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 Like I said, like I, I mentioned this in my end of year review for 2017. I said the team had a serious lack of direction, and it really feels like the team's got us. Like, like, remember when the biggest off-season story they had wasn't just their drivers, but also the fact that apparently Massa and, and Stroll did not get along <laughs> as well. Um, like, and Massa basically taking the high road and keeping Stum, but it was basically implied that those two didn't get along very well either. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already know about how Massa's last year of the team was essentially a mess, and he was kicked to the curb again while they were shopping his team base. They were shopping his seat mid-season. This team is a mess. Like no matter which way you slice it, it is a mess. And They've gone from three hundred and twenty points in twenty fourteen to two fifty seven in twenty fifteen to one thirty eight in twenty sixteen down to eighty three in two thousand and seventeen. But it's like we've been here before with it. It's like they start, like they seem to be very good at building a car to meet new regulations, and as time goes on, they just slip further and further backwards. I and that's um, the thing; they didn't even really get it right with this last set of regulations that that got revised. Yeah, yeah. But they still were like third overall and challenging for wins in 2014. That's like, true. But when, as soon as you add added the wider bigger 2017 car which besides the engines being frozen was pretty much a clean sheet from 2016 and 2014 i just i don't know besides patty Lowe, their technical team looks thin uh yeah they don't have a sponsor after next year and you could argue they effectively didn't have a sponsor for this year either take an smp money taken uh stroll money uh this isn't the first time they've taken money and they've they've made it work on both occasions um no but this is the first time they have two drivers that are bringing more money than they would get paid so i would i would say that maldonado and senna were the last time that they had that and it it, to be fair they turned that into a winning season I just don't know if it's gonna happen this year. Do, do you know where the scream? What do you know where the blame square is gonna be placed on? Well, obviously, it's Williams' fault for not putting in Robert Kubica, who would have <laughs> instantly won them races. Let alone the fact that he has not driven one of these cars in anger in seven years. He posted hmm. their second fastest time in testing. He was two seconds clear is, of Lance Stroll. Yeah, that's that's partially true. It, um, it seems I'm, like the Kubica wasn't fast enough talkers, but it was a bit of a catfish as an excuse to not put him in the car. I, yeah. it, I would have loved to have seen him in the car. I also would have dreaded to see him um, probably get humiliated by this car. Because if it's looking as bad as it does in testing, I don't even think uh, Lewis Hamilton would win a race in it. I, I don't... Yeah. Also... Where does so it say this year goes especially poorly? They have no martini for nineteen. Full what? SMP boy, <laughs> full SMP. Yeah, I mean, like, what do they put the team up for sale? Does it leave the Williams hands? 
What uh, happens? No, I think I think SMP becomes the title sponsor, even though like back in the Vitaly Petrov days, SMP has always said that their end goal one day was to have a Formula One team. I don't think they'll sell because I think Williams outside of Formula One have too many successful business ventures. Williams Advanced Engineering being one of them, which is no longer theirs. Yeah, yeah, and like they lost, <laughs> and like they lo- they lost their Formula E battery contract to McLaren, and they've lost yeah, more oh, and more geez. sponsors to McLaren. Oh boy! And then Claire was like, "Hey, stop!" But she was telling Zach Brown to stop, and Zach Brown <laughs> sold Verizon on IndyCar when IndyCar was at its worst. So, like, gee, good, good luck. Williams. Yeah, he, he could he, he could sell he could sell anything he could sell anything. He's selling McLaren right now, which you know, <laughs> it's, it's all it's all for sale, people. It's all for sale for the right price. I Six point five. Um, I, I think they I go just, under. I want them under. to make this work because I think Lance Stroll is a far better driver than people give him shit for on the internet. I think Sergei Sorotkin is a much better driver than he gets credit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, no, yeah, 100 absolutely. hard agree. Stroll, I want to see him in another car. I absolutely want to see I that. want to see what he could do. Um, but I, I fear that, you know, with the car being in the shape that it is, the sword, the drivers are going to fall on the sword for this one. And it wouldn't even be their fault, necessarily. I think no, not in the slice. Because I, I think the driver up is arguably the best thing about this team going forward. Mm. But um, universal under, I think that was yeah. for Williams. Down. Yeah. I had it at six point five. Yikes! Oh, well. I have them at eight. Well, I think they're a solid sure. eighth this year. Eighth, eighth, that, way that, ahead of that, ninth and tenth, but eighth. Yeah. Well. Let's get into Force... Wait, this line's crossed out. It doesn't say Force India. It says, a team based in Northamptonshire that is sponsored by BWT. Rolls right off the tongue. Um, that team... Formerly known as uh, Spiker, formerly known as Midland, formerly known as MF1, formerly known as Jordan. Yeah. Like, apparently last year they were called Sahara Force India F1 team. Who knows what they could be called this year. Um, but let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Last year, they were the unanimous best of the rest award mm-hmm. winners with fourth in the Constructors' Championship. 187 points, their career-high total. Um, fourth, they, they, they had Their best finish was fourth. No shock force in the podium last year. Very off-color for them. Their best finish was fourth. Sergio Perez at the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, I said on the, my 2017 review, best strength, um, everything, really. Um... Biggest weakness, well, maybe a couple of incidents of their drivers butting heads, but that was really about it. Um, yeah, and from what we've heard in preseason testing, it looks like they've finally gotten back on healthy turns. Yeah, everybody's friends again. Yay, pink helmets for everybody, hugs all around <laughs> and, until somebody bumps a tire in Canada and we're all going to know about it. Um, but in the meantime, I mean... This team was in kind of in F1's no-man's land last year. I mean, they could have ran one car last year and they still would have finished exactly where they were in the Constructors' Championship. There's no money-saving tip for your Force India for next year. Um, if, if, if running two cars is a bit too pricey, just run it. Just run Sergio for a year. You'll be fine. Um, if you're running but... one, you're going to run Ocon. Ooh, sassy. Um, 
they were they were my personal pick for team of the year last year. Um, Paris had a hundred points. Esteban Ocon eighty seven. Um, like their testing was not good, but as Pat quite rightly pointed out earlier in the show. Force India never test well, um, but they always seem to pull shit out of the bag when, when it when it matters most. And again, they were like comfortably fourth last mm-hmm. year. I don't think they're going to be as comfortable there this year. But my hunch tells me I think they'll still be there by the time it's all said and done. Well, I mean, how do you guys feel about it? Want. I feel very good. Um, I see. Here's the thing about Force India is that for the money, this is the best team you can get. Uh, pound for pound, you, absolutely. Yeah, pound for pound, absolutely. We we kind of tend to forget. Yes, um, we kind of tend to forget that Sergio Perez is coming off back to back hundred point seasons and seventh of the championship of 2016 and 2017. That dude could still drive. He's only 28 years old, by the way, mm-hmm. and this is his eighth full season. And Esteban Ocon, oh my goodness, this kid's got so, so much potential. And if I feel like he's due a breakthrough um, at some point, some point very, very soon. He finished 19 of his 20 races. He set the new record for the most consecutive finishes to a Formula One career. 27? Uh, yeah, I think eight, eight plays in the championship with only one top five, two top five finishes. I don't. I think that flatters him a little bit. A little bit, but I think it'll be even better in year two point five for for Esteban. And yeah, like I I'm excited to see what he does with another year under his belt because at times he was fantastic last year. Um, might be the next in line for a factory Mercedes drive. And um, oh, I would I yeah. I would say that's that's an agreed upon fact at this point that he is mm-hmm. the next Mercedes talent. Granted, so was Pascal, but yeah. Um Yeah. Ocon's also two years younger and he's also got like he's also in the prime position to succeed whereas Fairline was not necessarily yeah. so much. I I feel like Force India is our biggest question mark right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean because... we don't even know if the team's gonna be called Force India or yeah. not. Because behind the scenes, they're a mess. They're a shambles. Like, on, yeah, on track, they're fantastic. Yeah, kind of. it kind of masks the chaos behind with ownership and sponsors and whatnot. Because on track, as mentioned, probably the best team in the sport, pound for pound. Um, not much else to really say about Force India, apart from crazy ownership potential drama where that could be concerned. But like I said, yeah. this team always finds a knack of riding out the storm and still coming up roses. They, they, yeah. they... Robert Fernley and Otmar Sassauer, um, they do not get enough credit for running they a do team not. like a well-oiled ship as BJ Malia hides away in the UK waiting for his next of... How many court dates is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 116, I think, the last count. Um, but, uh, yeah, jeez. Um, 4.5. I'm going to set the over-under for here. Firmly under. If I'm going... Mm, I, Ooh, if I'm a going firm cons- under. Just, just under. Just under, in yeah. like fifth or sixth, I, but under four. Yeah, I think they finished fifth this year. 
Um, I would love to see them repeat in fourth, but it's just going to be so, so much tougher to stand out as the class of the midfield this year. And I think that, and again, this is just a hope of mine, but if McLaren can develop there and the Renault unit isn't a complete disaster, that fifth place becomes more iffy because force india never has the money to develop like they want to mm-hmm. uh, have we mentioned like the crazy prediction of our one of our favorite people hazel southworth predicting that this team's going to finish second oh yeah that was uh yes. that was a that that's a yeah <laughs> um what, um dre did did uh the skybed ever come back with any odds on that Sadly, they have not. Oh. However, but I have taken like I will be talking about some f- some fun prices and whatnot for the constructors later on in the show. Sadly, there is not an each way market for constructors because you're not picking them to win the title. Well, Let's be honest; they're two hundred and fifty to one yeah. to win the constructors championship. Well, or if if if, if you want a bit of value. Without the big three, they are five to two, which I think is a very good shout. For some reason, McLaren is the favorite team without the big three, eleven to eight, which I think that's ridiculous. Is, that's ludicrous. I'm their biggest fan, and that's ridiculous. Because, because Britain, because Britain, because, because Britain Fernando Alonso, Alonso Mania, um, Alonso Mania. What what Hazel does it? What Hazel knows that we don't know is that. Uh, Mercedes and Ferrari are going to pull out halfway through the year, <laughs> so then it's of course we're, we're going to have a split mid-season. <laughs> Sweet, that solves everything. Um, <laughs> um, like Hazel, I love you, but I can't, I can't get to second. I just can't get there. Um, but I, I I I appreciate the optimism. I mean, really, that that's what makes following Formula One so much more. I would say fun, but more masochistic, um, to be honest with you. We'll get to the big three in just a moment, but before that... Uh, oh, great, it's another American TV segment. For God's sake, who keeps scheduling these? Um, well, we RJ! Could about, we could talk about your, your TV schedule as well. Yeah, we could talk about a, a nice, kind-hearted message from our worldwide leader in sports. <sighs> Go on. <laughs> Yes, the monolith, ESPN, the mothership, whatever you call it, they posted their broadcast schedule for Formula One. And uh, I'd say there's some bright notes. Obviously, uh, there'll be uh, five races broadcast live on ABC. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. f- five races broadcast on ABC, four of which will be live. Canada during the summer break. I mean, Canada during the during the middle part of the season will be broadcast yeah, live. We get Canada, the United States, Mexico, and Brazil. So that's basically everything in the Americas, with Monaco being shown live on ESPN at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and then 3.30 afternoon immediately following the their, yeah. their final broadcast, we think, of the 102nd running of the Indianapolis But 500. what will Scott Goodyear and Eddie Cheever do? Nothing. Yeah, they, They'll they be unemployed. <laughs> Just Which is old. to say that they won't have a job, as Scott Year Goodyear would put it. Um, American fans, if you're a fan of ESPN2, you're going to love oh. Home of Formula One on the deuce. 
ESPN2 has not seen a boom period this big since the X Games were hot in the early 2000s. Jesus Christ, it's come to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, especially... Kill me. I, this deal... I was more down on this deal yesterday when we first saw the schedule uh, because I was still under the impression that uh, ESPN were paying for the rights for F1. <laughs> no. No, uh, it's, it's free. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, none of the this matters because, unlike one. a third world country across the pond, we get uh, <laughs> F1 TV. Excuse me. <laughs> Though so, some here. people, some people were upset because the amount of coverage which will be on ESPN News, including the fact that qualifying for the United States Grand Prix and the Brazilian Grand Prix will not be aired live in any capacity. How? How is that a thing? Yeah, for the USGP especially, it's the, uh, it's maybe the one it's, thing that I'm still actually mad about. It's our home race. You, ESPN has how many networks now? You can stick it on the SEC network. It's technically in the country. It's but it can't be on the SEC network because October 20th, that Saturday, it's a college football Saturday, so they have no Welcome broadcast space. <laughs> Welcome to college football Saturday. <laughs> like, ESPN needs to obviously clear more airtime out for more Max Kellerman hot takes on first take. <laughs> Yay. Uh, but hey, it could be worse. You could be showing Sky Sports. Oh, wait, you guys have got Sky Sports too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Everyone's uh, favorite just, uh, just curmudgeon. A, just a race commentary. Not, not, a, not any of their punditry. So I don't even think we get Nico Rosberg out of this whole deal. No. But yeah. you get David Croft, you know. Yay. Yes. Yes, I yes, um yes, I, I I would love to see David Croft in a capacity where he was calling sports where people throw three missiles at a board. Dart, Darts Crofty is way better than F one Crofty. Sigh. Yeah, he's, Though, he's in his element there. Though uh ooh, do I say that there's another bright side? Bright side to this, uh the F one ESPN deal is only two years long, so True, true. Maybe maybe something better comes along in two years' time. I, Meanwhile, yeah. in our third world peasantry known as the United Kingdom, <laughs> this is sadly a the last year we will be getting F1 coverage on Channel 4. Channel 4, once again, only gets 10 out of the 21 um, races live. Um, it's a bit of a bummer. Um, you know, it's... It sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's never been fun having half the races. Um, they will be getting the Australian Grand Prix live, so they, they get the season open live, which no, is nice. No, we're getting the Australian Grand Prix's highlights. No, it starts with it starts with Bahrain, which that isn't a bad place to start. Is Bahrain? That's always been low key one of the better yeah, races of the year. The other nine that Channel Four are getting this year live are Azerbaijan on April 29th, Monaco. Austria, Great Britain, Belgium, Singapore, Japan, USA, and the season finale in Abu Dhabi. Um, like I said, that'll be their final year before the coverage goes completely to Sky exclusively in 2019. Boo. I can't, f I can't fucking wait. So, um, by the way, there's a, there was an interesting development that I don't think I've talked about with you guys. Do you know who has put in a controlling bid for Sky Sports? <laughs> hmm. It is Comcast. I see. Our lords and saviors over at 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Yeah. 
So yeah. and four right. former United States broadcasters of the Formula One World Championship. Yeah, which uh, the idea of a two-year pause when it goes to ESPN and then maybe goes right back to NBC is <laughs> so weird and hilarious. And I mean, granted, it's a megacorp buying another megacorp. Uh, and uh, man, yeah, because recently. Uh, their parent company, actually no, Disney got uh, the Fox Sports rights. So like the Walt Disney Company owns the rights to Formula One in pretty much all of Latin America. Wait, is Fox? Great. Wait, oh right, Fox and Disney merged. Yeah, shit, that happened. So so yeah, the Walt Disney Company owned the rights to Formula One in pretty much all of Latin America uh, and Southeast Asia, which also includes india in this scenario man i can't wait until disney heavy industries can fucking give me an android that i i oh (laughs) late stage capitalism i'm can can we can we move back onto the teams before i cry myself to sleep please please yeah we'll get you you a we'll get you a water for just 249 out of this lovely machine here Into the top tier teams, the elite category here. We start the with best the, of the best. With, we start with the bronze medalists of 2017, Red Bull Racing. They were third last year with 368 points. They had three victories, two from our young Lord and Savior, according to who you ask, Max Verstappen, as well as Daniel Ricciardo's solo win in the craziness that was Baku. Um. Let's be real here. Probably the best driver pairing in Formula 1. Um, at least in my humble opinion. Um, but they had one crippling problem last year, and that was 13 DNFs. Um, as many DNFs as they had podiums in 2017. Bit of a quiet testing period for them. I don't think they were slow by any means, but they, they hardly set the world on fire either. No, um, really? The, the only time the only time they set the world on fire during testing is when they unveiled, "Hey, we have this new livery. It's a, only a launch livery. We have this new livery." Sigh. It didn't even turn up at the track. Also, they have a new partner now in Aston Martin. Well, it's not really a new partner, but it's an expanded partnership of a partnership they had started last year. So it's now Aston Martin Red Bull Racing Tag Heuer. Which allegedly is, is not a stock deal, or not a cash deal, but a stock deal. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. How does that even that work? Is, <laughs> that is certainly an amalgamation of high dollar luxury brands. Oh yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm considering Red Bull. I mean, heck, if you if you buy Red Bull at a vending machine next to Coca Cola, I mean, oh yeah, then it's worth it quite a bit. To be fair, you, you you now get ID'd when you try to buy Red Bull here. What? We we now Fair have, cause. That we should now never have, be in the hands of anybody under 13. Uh-huh. We, you now get ID'd for any energy drink, in Scotland at least. I don't know if it counts down south, Dre. What sort of police state um, do you live in? Yeah, it's weird. Like I think oh. it's it's not it's not nationwide, but I think it's Tesco and Asda down here that you now have to be ID for an energy drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. the People's Republic of Tesco. <laughs> Morrison's is doing it as well, and it even includes. I did, um, Monster now do a sort of uh, water, energy water. 
That counts for that. Yeah. That... They do a watermelon that's really nice. But Monster yeah, I got ID'd water. for Monster Water. Like, uh, Zoe, Zoe, are you still. Uh, Zoe, I swear you're like 28. How are you still getting ID'd? I don't know. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. To be fair. To be fair, whenever I walk into a, a fellow bookies, I still get ID'd, and I'm 26 in August. So, yeah, yeah well, I I understand. I, I'm sitting you know here listening to your face, and one of these days, I'm just going to go wrinkles instantly. I'm going to wake up on yeah. the day, and I'm just going to be all wrinkles. Yep. Yeah. Also, baby face, Matt's Verstappen. Excuse me? I mean, he is well, he baby still... face. Yeah, he's, he's still only 20. He doesn't turn 21 until september 30th yikes he's already he's already still can i just say i i really really want red bull to be great only because i want to see ricardo and verstappen beat the ever holy piss out of each other like Mm -hmm. that should that could be fireworks because you know what they're a bit too pally for my liking and i think it's only because that car isn't good enough to fight for a championship I want them to be able to fight for a championship because I want to see Ricardo and Verstappen tear each other's heads off. <laughs> I oh need to see this. <laughs> I, I think this year... I don't know. I, I saw more people be bullish uh, uh, ha, ha, uh, about Red Bull uh, this offseason than I ever have in the hybrid era so far. Yeah, that car like, looked good. Were thinking they could they could jump Ferrari. Oh, I I think they're jumping Ferrari unless Ferrari really has better long term pace than they showed. Oh, like so, I mean, why did you have to put sweaty Max Verstappen's face, uh, aka the British oh. Sky Sports F one advert in the Discord? I hate looking. Just... I hate looking at him. Uh, whenever his face is scrunched like that, right? He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't look well. Uh, uh, I mean, do you guys really think of the Leapfrog Ferrari? I don't see it yet. I'm like, oh, I think for sure. If, Not for sure. I mean, but... if, they can, if they can jump them in qualifying, then they're they've already made a significant leap um, towards that. Passion that's the weakness. Ferrari. That is the weakness. Like they gave up too much in qualifying to the big two last year, and that's. That's what had them on the back foot, and then the DNF certainly didn't help. If they can, if they can reduce that thirteen to three, that's going to be a hundred points extra easily, right there. They finished something like a hundred and fifty behind Ferrari last year. Um, yeah, I, I, it could be interesting in a flight with Ferrari. It's going to be a reliability game. It, it is good. I think, I think I think that's how it's going to be. Um, so, who finishes second between them and Ferrari? Oh, God, I I don't want to... Gut feeling? I don't want to pick... Gut feeling? Uh, Red Bull. Sure. My gut feeling is Ferrari. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so I'm, sorry. I, I, I'm with King on this one. I don't think there's... An, I don't think there's enough on the table for me to say with confidence that Red Bull are better. Now, yet. who... who... Who scores more points, though? That's going to be the interesting question. Keep in mind, this is also said to be affected by the fact that if the totally not a rebadged Renault power unit, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, starts giving their car bits again, yeah, that can yeah. factor in as well. Though, though, if Ferrari do finish 
lower than second. I'm going to holy... I'm, I'm going to call it now. It's going to be Kimmy's fault. It's going to be Kimmy Räikkönen's fault. Oh, yeah. Also... Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not... You're not wrong there. Who do you think scores more points, though, Verstappen or uh, or Ricardo? Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo's going to score more points because Max is either going to one get the car because Red Bull's brilliant. They can make a championship contender. They can make one that works all the time, and then they can make one that works half of the races. I'm going to say Verstappen. I think Verstappen's one-lap pace was significantly better in 2017, especially towards the end of last year. And I think him being the lead car in front, I actually think Verstappen's upside might be a little bit higher than Ricardo's now. And I have a hunch that Verstappen will outpoint Ricardo next year. I'm actually with Dre on this one. Um, Because... Yeah, Verstappen, Verstappen can, uh, can tend to be a little bit uh, out there sometimes. He can be a bit of a head case. Again, he's young, and most of his retirements were not all down to him. I, he, he sees the red, and he gets sucked into the back of a car, and it's, it's bit him more times than it's bit Ricardo. Also, that is, a, that is a fair point. I think that this is all going to depend on, and I hate to say it, if it is wet more often than it is dry when the Red Bulls are going well, it's Verstappen. If it is dry more often, it's Ricardo. Ricardo is a better dry driver than Max, especially in traffic. Max is maybe the best wet racer we've seen since Schumacher. Yeah, and Ricardo... Better than JB? Uh, he can be more aggressive than JB. Yeah. True. I say that one of the big problems with Verstappen I think like a lot of, I wonder where a lot of his DNS is just how hard he is in the car could be that could be whether, a factor yeah there was issues but while Max was more prone to like his style just ended up these issues coming ahead Daniel could work around them more he, 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 he knew the foreplay in his own words. He knew how to get the car ready to do its job. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, it's going to be I still, I, it's going to be an interesting I, year for Red Bull. That could be the most interesting team on the grid on paper. I think they're gonna I, I don't think Red Bull is going to be as rosy as they think it's going to be in 2018. And I know I know Christian Horner is like, yeah, we have the most pally team and you know, everything's coming up roses. They seem to be a bit more confident than they were in previous years. They're thinking at least second. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not convinced about this. Um I'm not convinced about that or what in the world is on Daniel Ricardo's head at this point. Yeah, I, I, I saw the picture it's... in question. It's like it's like a pigeon has died on it. It's it's um Bring back the handlebar mustache, Daniel. <laughs> no, I... don't bring that back. I you did you did like a third rate porn star. I mean stop. And did Challenge you see the sh- Matt Challenge Matt start growing himself? Did the, did you see the did, did you see the shorts he's now associated with now? Do you know they cost like two hundred quid each? Yeah, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> no, but are they? They're not designer shoes named after dr- famous drivers, though, are they? 
No, no that's right. Not. And that's one da- advantage Dale Coin Racing will have for 10 races in 2018 in IndyCar. Shall we get to the to the, to the prancing horse? Um, yeah. Uh, see, see, you can't see it on this Discord server, but everyone has now just looked at me in the corner with, like, eagle eyes. Like, this is my section, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, because I did get fully on the train last year. Oh, trust me, you're not the only one. <laughs> Scuderia Ferrari, last year, runners-up, 522 points. Five race victories, all from Sebastian Vettel. Arguably the single best team-building driver in Formula 1, with Sebastian leading the charge. Um, but I said last year, the biggest weakness, one wheel on your wagon. And you can probably guess who I'm referring to there. Um <sighs> We'll get to him in a minute, but I know what you're all thinking. Like this, like like this, like might be like the moment where everyone thinks that Dre will turn it around. He'll get back on the Ferrari wagon, and it'll be like, "Yeah, we're going for the world title this year." Nope, <laughs> it's not happening, people. I stand by this. This is not going to be the year you guys want it to be. I like. I know people are desperate, and I mean desperate for someone, anyone, <laughs> to give Mercs a go. I've yeah. seen nothing that suggests Ferrari are going to do that this year. Like, now, if you I take think Vettel's word at it, they may not even be the second best team in Formula One right now. To be fair, Vettel always airs on the side of caution when it comes to these sorts of comments. He always plays down the, the car. He's, mm-hmm. he's done that for years at Ferrari. Um, and it's, it's funny how I'm saying years, because it's like, it's like, this is like year friggin', what was it, year four now of Seb at Ferrari, which is just weird to say as it is. Um, I mean, how many years did it take Michael to win a championship at Ferrari? Five, wasn't uh, yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, and we are in year number four. Four. All right, so we can write this year off then, right? Yeah, I'm pulling that right off. No, I, I'm, I'm okay with this. I, I, I will. <laughs> and granted, I, I hope I hope we're writing it off for much much brighter circumstances than how Schumacher had his '99 season written off. Yeah, hopefully, you know. I mean, he's dragging around a useless car with him, so. And I mean, not the car he's driving. If we're, if we're fo- if we're following the Vettel Schumacher analogy here, this is going to be the year Timmy Raikkonen absolutely gets together and posts a championship challenge. He super won't. He no. absolutely won't. I don't no. understand. No. I, I, Ferrari doing. Massa at least would shine on occasion. I haven't seen Kimmy yeah. shine except for Monaco last year. He didn't shine. He got he got outclassed by Sebastian, and when Seb had open air, he put ten seconds on him. Yeah, that was not Kimi Räikkönen shining. If anything, Vettel pretty much won that race on his own. Like, like those two in laps he put in in Monaco to come out in front were outstanding. Um, one of the highlights of the year for me. Mm-hmm. But, but. I can't get over the fact, right? Like, and this is the reason why I don't think Ferrari will get anything. It's it's not Vettel. Vettel had 317 points last oh, yeah. year. Like, that was the first time any Mercedes has been beaten in this hybrid era on the factory end. He beat Valtteri Bottas, who was not as bad as people like to make out that he was last year. 
He was perfectly solid last year, but Seb beat him head-to-head over 20 races, and we all know how bad Vettel's season came towards the end. But it wasn't even that it came bad towards the end. It came it came bad in two spots where he needed it to come good. He had to drive a perfect season, and he just couldn't get there. Yeah, and we, this is coming from the two guys that gave him a 9.5 rating on our season review last year. Um, yeah, he and, was. Like you said it, 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 it needed to be a 10 to have a, to have a realistic chance to beat Lewis Hamilton, who ended up scoring 363 that season. Um, and that's the sort of number Seb's got to get to to even have a prayer, I reckon. Um, I I think gonna... that this is one, it has to be Raikkonen's last year at Ferrari. Unless they're comfortable throwing away points every year. Hmm. 205, to be fair to Kimi, was the best haul he's had in this hybrid era, but that's not going to be anywhere near enough to give Mercedes a run for its money. Raikkonen needs to be thinking 280 minimum, in my opinion, to at least... To at least punch Mercs in the nose and make them think about it a little bit. Um, I think Raikkonen is going to cost them second. Yeah, and and to be fair, it's not like they're not giving him chances to see because it feels like with every passing year that Kimi Raikkonen is with the team, they're trying to gear the car more towards him so that he has a chance to pull the team above to where they should be. Well, let's not, let's not forget the fact he missed two golden chances to win races last year and blew both of them. Mm-hmm. He should have won in Hungary as well, but he didn't have the gumption to pass Sebastian. He had a broken steering rack. For like, like, like He had two golden chances to win Grand Prix and did not get them. He is a perennial disappointment. He is an anchor to this Ferrari team. And like I said, for all the shit we gave Val in the middle period of last season, he got over 300 points. Which I think is the bare minimum you need to be a good accidental number two at Mercedes. And I think he'll be better than that this year. More on that in a minute. But I don't I don't see it with Ferrari. I just I can't get there. They need to score six hundred and fifty points in my opinion to even have a this conversation about yeah. challenging about challenging for the constructors. And I don't see him being hundred and thirty points better than last year. And last year was a very good car that won five Grand Prix. And should have probably won a couple more. I um, I believe that if he does not win a race by Monza next year, well, this year, uh, Monza will be, much like Schumacher, his the announcement of his retirement. I don't think he will. Because I don't think Kimi's got a good reason to retire. Why would he when Ferrari's going to keep bumping him up with one-year contracts? I don't think they'll put it, I don't think they'll put up with it for another year. This was the like, but last year was his best year in the car. They haven't got a re- look. If they stomached twenty fifteen and sixteen, why the hell would they suddenly turn their back on him now? Because at the start of the twenty nineteen season, he'll be thirty nine years old. So <laughs> they you, just resigned him at thirty seven. Yeah, they've I, I, they've been yeah. more vocal about possible replacements lately. They and were starting. Um, to, they did. Didn't someone yeah, even say that a, they were they disappointed a, with his 2017? Yeah, they did. Yeah. It also <laughs> helps that they have a homegrown replacement who, good health willing, probably be in this car by 2019. Roman Grosjean. <laughs> mm. They would not give Leclerc that drive that soon. No, they won't. I, I completely agree. They're, they're like that's too soon. They're not going to do it. It's going to be someone like, from. It's not going to be Ericsson because 
let's be honest. Uh, it might... Come on now. Probably won't be Magnuson. I feel like Magnuson's going to be very good, a couple podiums, but never more than a midfield. Get Magnuson up out of here. Are we, are we not even entertaining yeah, this I, conversation? Get I, I the think fuck out I of was here. just going by the other Haas driver in that instance. Get, get, Pat, get in the sim, man. Um, you can come <laughs> back in five minutes. That's fair. Um, okay. It's more fun than the sun, Fair question. Fair question. Dre, I know you're yes. not going to pick him to win the championship. Over under five and a half victories for Vettel in 2018. Comfortably under. I'll be stunned if he gets to three. Ooh, really? Mm. I think I think Red Bull will win four or five races as a team next year. I the thing is right when Ferrari were good, they were really good. And I like even if Ferrari like do still have the handful of rounds where they're better than Mercedes. Red Bull, I think, will be better than what they were last year, this year. And I think they will be a bigger thorn in the side of Ferrari than they were last year. So, because towards the end of last year, Verstappen was dominating races. Like, he was winning by multiple seconds. And that showed what that Red Bull can do. That scared me. I can't lie to you guys. That scared the shit out of me. Seeing Verstappen win at Mexico by 20 seconds ahead of Valtteri. I was I was alarmed at that. I was like, okay, this is a problem. Um, for me, personally, he said five and a half. I think under. I, I think that I'm going to say comfortably under five and a half. Like, there is nothing out there for me to suggest that this team wins six races. I don't expect Kimmy to win a race. Um, he might scrape one if he's lucky. Um but like last year was a really good year. I don't think they'll be further forward than that. I think they'll be like Red Bull. I think they'll have a really good year and then they'll be stagnant. I really yeah. do. Like um, I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna you're gonna see it across the field that it's going to be two years of treading water until the twenty twenty one, you know, regulations are go into place where pretty much everyone is going to be doing the best they can on i wouldn't say a shoestring budget but a reduced budget as they prepare to have a real chance of shaking up the status quo see you reckon teams like ferrari and ball just might just like sack 2020 or 2019 altogether just to get themselves ready for like the reg changes yeah i can see that yeah like, I'm do we really I'm think back. are are we then declaring that mercedes will sweep the V6 hybrid era? Yes. Yes. yes they're yes. definitely going to sweep the era. I'm going to kill, I'd, I'm I'd, gonna I'd, kill I'd, myself. I'd put, <laughs> I, I'd put King's Mortgage on that. I'm that confident. <laughs> like, so, oh, let's... Damn, that's a no, move. no. You know what? Fuck it. Red Bull Honda 2019. <laughs> wow. I Keep off the grass, Pat. Keep off the grass. I, um, I think that's our first hot take of the section we're jumping right ahead of that let's yeah, talk about let's, mercedes let's let's talk a little bit about mercedes before we get into the hot takes and some fun gambling stuff as well because that's always fun um uh, mercs last year constructors champion 668 points nobody cares krillin as the phrase goes um 12 wins hamilton had nine of them valtteri had three the first year of the hybrid era lewis hamilton failed to have 10 wins that's terrifying to me 
Um, I think the field overall is closing in on on Mercedes a little bit, but nowhere near enough for me to even contemplate the possibility that somebody beats them. Is that Merckx in a nutshell here? That's very much yeah. Merckx in a nutshell, who were already doing race simulations mm -hmm. by the time everybody was trying to sort out the one-lap pace. Um, we know exactly what this team brings to the table, and we know exactly what their four-time and reigning world champion lead driver brings to the table as well. He's Lewis fucking Hamilton. I've... 363 points last year. The $120 million man, according to reports from some tabloids. I don't think he's Get worth that much, Lewis. but yeah. You're only worth what someone's willing to pay you, Patrick. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah. Surely he could do without long, that extra 20. Yeah, long are the days where Tiger Woods was the first $100 million athlete. Which, by the way, it's ridiculous and, that Tiger Woods was the first yeah. uh, million... Uh, golf. Golf. Oh, trust me. There's a, there's a ton of money in golf. I know. There's too much. Get money back in, in the golf. sin bin, Pat. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah, three hundred and sixty-three points last year. Nine wins, eleven pole positions. That included taking the all-time record away from Michael Schumacher. He still isn't Mark Marquez. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, the one that I think still terrified me the most last year was when he nearly won the Brazilian Grand Prix from the back of the fucking grid yeah. um, and finished what, what was it five seconds off the win mm -hmm. um, that was yeah. that was just every sign that Lewis Hamilton we are looking he at could, one of like he the could four break. or five best drivers ever <laughs> y'all Yo, he could uh, he could break Kimi Raikkonen's consecutive point scoring streak he could bury it yeah it wouldn't it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and I think the one underrated element of this team that nobody talked about last year, 40 cars they had over last season, 39 of them saw the checkered flag, only one car failure the whole of 2017, that was Valtteri Bottas's engine conking out in Spain. That was the only Mercedes DNF of 2017. Um, good luck, everybody. Um, yeah, like I, like I said, next three Constructors' Championships... Might as well, might as well call it quits. Yeah, sixty-three like, Grand Prix victories, sixty-one from seventy-one pole positions, and they have grand total thirty-five one-two finishes. I'm totally not just tabulating as I go along here. They've been thirty-five. A they average seven hundred points a season. Yeah, like but by their standards, six sixty-eight was a poor haul last year. That just shows you I, I, how inflated I, our points totals have gotten, though. Yeah. yeah. Though, I, I'd say, like, the moment that there's, like, any economic worry in the audio industry, something might happen, and, like, Mercedes create a category killer. Yeah. I mean, does anyone give Valtteri a prayer here? I mean, um, he could, I don't... I think he... I think he wins more than he did last year. But I don't know if yeah. he mounts a challenge. Had three wins last year, three hundred and five points total. I mean, what was it? One like the last race in Abu Dhabi, as well as what was yeah. it? Austria he, and I can't remember the other one he won. Yeah, he it won was, Russia for his first win. Yeah, Russia. Um, that's the one. God damn him! He beat Sebastian over the line twice. <clears throat> um, sorry, had to go there. Um, 
I'm still not over 2017, people. It's a, it's a painful time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I do I do feel like this is a year that if Valtteri does not get more than three, I worry for the long-term future of his contract at Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. I, I, I worry for him regardless. I mean, nothing says vote of no confidence like a one-year deal. I, I, I also, at the same time, I don't want him to become Rubens. Mm. Um, I think he's more of an accidental Rubens in this case. He's just the guy on the other side of the garage is probably one of the four best drivers to ever grace this sport. I mean, it makes sense. He was the guy at an upper midfield team for so many years, and then he ends up with the team and just ends up being a very good spear carrier. And hey, still has a much better career than most guys who were lead drivers in that same era. He'll he'll be the modern day Danny Pedrosa of Formula One, and that's Ooh. okay. Like, like obviously, Danny had a much more greater winning record. Obviously, obviously in terms of times at the top as well. But I, I think he gets more wins this year. I really think. I he hope does. he does. And it, yeah, I think they'll get more wins only because Merckx as a team will probably win more. Yeah. They ever said they only like for their standards, they only had they only had twelve last year. Yeah. They've had at least seventeen in the previous seasons in the hybrid yeah. era. Like Lewis, like the most wins Lewis has ever had in a season was eleven, and that was in twenty fourteen. He hasn't matched that since. Yeah. 10, 11, 10, and 9 last year. Like I said, as a team, they've only won more because the team was more dominant and Nico Rosberg was way better than we gave him credit for at the time. But I miss Nico I've... every day. Everyone misses him. Everyone yeah. misses him. I respect him. his Everyone. decision entirely. I miss him every day. Uh, also, my, my, one, my one hope is that they have uh, secretly sabotaged themselves by never pushing the engine in testing and it's gonna start popping and qualifying come on guys we can hope right spice it up starting from the back pat pat is speaking out of hope more than expectation i'd like to clearly stress this out. oh i'm a mclaren um, fan i always talk more of hope than expectation right and it's as Jay yeah. says um whatever weakness the car has in race trim is negated because the fact that they just get a good start and put a gap of a second or two in front of the field, they've already done half their job. And Lewis yeah. Hamilton is the best qualifier of all time. That's well, statistically yeah. backed up. Yeah, he's the best qualifier of all time in an, in one of the most difficult eras of overtaking ever. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an unbeatable combination, really. Um, it's a problem. Hello, darkness, my so, old friend. <laughs> I've come to talk with you again. Yes. Any bold predictions or hot takes you want to get off your chest for the next three minutes? Uh, I'd say bold prediction, Lewis wins more than half the races. That he goes, he wins at least 11. I would say 13. Oh, we're going 13. Okay, if I think I think I think Lewis breaks his, I think he, I think Lewis, I think matches Seb's thirteen win season. But I think yeah, was it twenty eleven? He had thirteen. Was it twenty? No, it was twenty thirteen. Yeah, he had uh, wins. Yeah, guys, if the Renault is completely unreliable, uh, I see Mercedes taking all but three races. Uh, and I see I see Lewis taking fifteen. 
15. Wow. The record. <laughs> He's going to no. break Look, the record. Do you have any reason to doubt he could do it? No. No. Yeah. And no. That's yeah. The most right. Terrifying thing about this. That, that that is the most terrifying thing. There is no limit to what Lewis Hamilton can Guys, do. Guys, we're looking back uh-huh. on the Schumacher era and looking at the variety of race wins. <laughs> like Lewis Hamilton. Somehow we've gotten worse. <laughs> Michael Schumacher made ESPN's dominant twenty list. <laughs> I and they don't give a shit about Formula One. He was ahead of Tom Brady. To be so, fair, yeah. suck at Brady, the... but. <laughs> But though there's a chance that oh, wait I'd have to do the math because yeah the the record for most wins in a season is 13. Schumacher did it in an 18 race season. Sebastian Vettel did it in a 19 race season. Mm-hmm. God damn win percentages. Um, I... Do we want to mention Fangio? Uh yeah. No. If, if you really want to go to that point where the seasons were really short, it would be uh, Juan Manuel Fangio. Did it on multiple occasions. King, you know what Zoe's being right now? That girl. What girl? I'm here. That can girl. I, can I talk about my? Uh, but yeah, actually, it, it's not Fangio. It's Ascari. Ascari right, had six wins mm-hmm. in eight races. But uh, that was in Formula Two. Let's talk about yes, um, yes. people who are going to finish on the podium this year. Um, Esteban Ocon will get a podium finish. Romain Grosjean will get a podium finish. Fernando Alonso will get a podium yep. finish. Both Nico Hulkenberg and Carlos Sainz Jr. will get a podium finish. I, I think and you're... Carlos Sainz will win a race. Whoa! No! I think no! Get I think, out! I think you're highly underestimating the gap between the top three and everyone else. That's what I've been saying for the entire podcast. Holy shit. <laughs> but you can never underestimate the power of a good multi-car pile-up or two. Singapore sends oh, regards. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's Raikkonen's last year, at least at Ferrari, maybe not F1. Oh my god, he'd be perfect for Williams. Ew. Speaking of... Do you think Robert Kubica drives a Formula One race this year? No. No. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Duresta drove. say absolutely. Paul Duresta fucking drove one last year. I'm ready to accept anything. I mean, that's fair. Do you think Lando Norris drives a Formula One race this year? Oh, no. (laughs) Depending on how bad things go, maybe. Yeah. Cause, cause the other way to ask that question: Do you think Alonso is going to drive every race this season? Yes, because um, Fernando certainly... Alonso likes pain. <sighs> yeah, they've cleared out his calendar for him to do it. All that's there is the initiative. I <laughs> the initiative. Yep. I I I worry it's Fernando's last year in F one. He's on a two year, but I worry it's 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 over. It's the race. No, I, I I think he I think he is going to Toyota full-time starting with 2019 I that's know. that's not enough of that's no. nowhere near enough of a schedule for him I, I i disagree i think i think fernando will literally keep driving till his arms fall off because that's that's become his brand it's he's become mr triple crown he's gonna go and he's not gonna give this up well yeah he's gonna leave f1 and then go stomp indycar for a couple years to win a title again he's not gonna stomp anything like like have you seen indycar's field like like, like, could we please like stop giving Lewis Hamilton more credence pull by it. implying that Fernando Alonso is going to cakewalk no, everything no, no. that moves I, I, in IndyCar? I, I, pull it back in, pull it back in, pull it back in. Um, 
Rookie of the Year between Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gasly, Brendan Hartley, and Sergey Sorokin. Sorokin. Yeah, I was going to say Sergey. actually. Yeah, Sorokin. Yeah. Best car um, on paper for me. Yeah. Um, also, wait, niche, niche thing, Lewis Hamilton has the chance to tie one of his really novel records for most race wins in a single month if he sweeps all, the, all four July races. Oh, God, Damn. we're racing four times in July, aren't we? Yep. Yeah. Is, we are. yeah. I'm going Gasly Rookie of the Year. Gasly. Yep. Um, Gasly comes in with a hell of a pedigree. If Toro mm-hmm. Rosso Honda has good, um, he's probably going to be the leader of that team. I don't doubt that, but at the same time, I would put on pure... Hmm... <sighs> Well, if the Sauber wasn't terrible, then I'd say it's it's Sorokin. Yeah, if this, was, if this was down to like a fan vote, I would I would probably go Leclerc if he punches way way above his weight. I I can't get excited about it because it's because it's the fact it's a Sauber for me personally. Yeah. Also, do you, okay, so it's like, do you want me to go over some some fun gambling stuff? Yes, please, yeah, sure. Awesome. Hey, it's my it's my little section, but uh, for entertainment gonna... purposes only. Indeed, and uh, as I always stress out, I will now stress this on the on the podcast and more with John. Please, if you're going to do this, please gamble responsibly. Yes. and the fun stops. Stop. Thank yes, you. and also um, do not gamble any money which you're not willing to lose. Please, yeah, because I don't, I don't want you coming to me and complaining that Dre, I said this was a banker, and it, and it turns out it failed, and then you blame me for it because, you know. It's easy to do that. I get blamed for a lot of things in F1 these days. Um, like, my one sitter from earlier, my one absolute nailed-on banker. We know we talked a minute ago about about Lewis Hamilton and wins. Yeah. Like, yeah. they have a special on Sky Bet. Over, the over-under for Hamilton victories in 2018 is 7.5. That is shockingly low. Take the over, my friend. It's four to five on the over. I highly recommend as a banker you take that over. If you want to see some odds for the for the Australian Grand Prix this weekend, I mentioned it yesterday. Lewis Hamilton eleven to ten to win the race. I mean, which is weird for the first for the first race of the season. That is alarmingly low. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for the first race of the year, eight to eleven, he qualifies on pole position. I mean. If that's that, if you if you want some nailed on money, I think that's a good way to go. Seb is seven to two, is second favorite to win in Australia. Then you've got Max Verstappen at six to one, Daniel Ricciardo at sevens. If you again, if you want another decent banker, Val on the podium at ten to eleven isn't a bad shout. He's seven to one to win the race. Um, if you want to see the latest championship odds, um, Skybet are offering a boost. If you want Hamilton and Vettel in that order, they're now giving out five to one on that. So. If you think Seb can pull off another miracle like he did last year to finish in second, that might be worth tapping on. Um, also, another decent banker, Val each way for the title. For some reason, he's 14-1, to 1, which I think is stupid. Um, for some reason. Luckily, Fernando has drifted out. Remember when he was 10-1 to 1 in the offseason? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's now... He's now twenty-two to one. It's like people have finally hopped off the Nando wagon after McLaren's awful testing, um, probably for the best, mind you. Um, I did see that a certain RJ Connor asked me about Charles Leclerc scoring points in Australia. Um, I can tell you, I did say six to one, didn't I, on Twitter? Um, turns out Charles Leclerc is five to one to score points. So 
If you believe in the Sauber wagon and you think Australia is crazy, five to one for Charles in the points. Oh, it's never Might crazy worth... in the good way for the backmarker teams, though. <laughs> just, just, just throwing that out there. Um, also, I find it ironic that both McLarens are favourites for the first driver to retire stamp. That's always a fun market. Eleven to one, you can get on either Ooh. McLaren being the first driver Ooh. to retire from the race, followed swiftly by Brendan Hartley. At 14s, Lance Stroll at 14, and the very funny no retirements. All 20 cars make the finish is also 14 to one. Uh, Don't count. So you're going to take that. You're going to buy that in a lot of races. So I have a question. We all know Fire the first away. person to bin a car during a race session last year was one Jolien Palmer, who lost the rear uh, on the mm -hmm. final corner in Australia. Who is the first person that uh, will bin their car in 2018? Uh, I, 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 wish, I wish there was a market for that. Like, like I said, it's, it's the first race retirement, basically. I know, but, but um, uh, I think uh, one of the Sours is probably going to hit the wall in practice. Ooh. <laughs> That's not a bad shout. Right? Sorry, Charles. Even oh, it's going to be Marcus. No. It's going to be Marcus for sure. He was spinning that car every time he was in it during testing. I do. I do have to bring up another note that might pique Zoe's interest. Mm -hmm. Go Going into the 2018 season, is Lewis, this the Grand Slam one? Yes, the Grand Slam one. Lewis currently sits at five Grand Slams, which you know, race pole, race win, fastest lap, and leading every lap. Lewis has five. He got three in the last season alone, and he's three behind the all-time leader, Jim Clark. Do you think he ties or beats it this year? I think yeah. he might. I think he beats it. I think he will. I think he will, think and he my will. heart will break because, like, of all the sort of records, like, this one has, has stood so long, even this number of races has increased. Because it's extremely hard to do. It's surprising that Jim Clark did it. He got all eight in only a three-season span in the 1960s. Yeah, especially when you can sell, like, the reliability. I'm surprised oh. Vettel doesn't have more, considering the, uh... Vettel has four. Vettel has four. Oh, okay. Surprisingly, Nico Rosberg has two. He got both in the 2016 season. He was on fire oh, that year. And also, one more fun one for RJ, because I know he kind of half mentioned this. Esteban Ocon to win exactly one race. 100, <laughs> 100 to 1. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. What, so, are, even what though, are the odds on signs? I didn't get that one for signs. But, but the thing is, no, I can find one, actually, the to thing win is, a race. Exactly one race. That means... Sauber needs to be good enough for him to fluke a win, but not too good for him to get another win. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carlos signs to win a race 50 to 1. How much money would we have to give Pirelli to reintroduce <laughs> 2012 spec I'm giving them tires. none of it. They have enough. No, they have enough money basically making tires that are made of, like, cheese, effectively, at this point. But, uh, guys, I think it's about time you get out of Dodge, don't you? Yeah, yes. And we... whatever you do this season, please enjoy, let's hope we enjoy a happy and safe Formula One Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Indeed. And, you know, we'll suffer through the pain on Motorsport 101. Hopefully you'll be listening to us throughout. 
Just let's get out of here. Um, basically, you can find us one more time real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Personal handles at Harrison101HD, at WeZoe, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, and at PartyPat116 to follow Pat. One more time, Pat, where can they find you normally? You can find me on right the time. DFL show <laughs> and Hooniverse.com. And it was a pleasure being here. You're welcome back anytime, sir. Um, a, a pleasure as always. Um, and of course, you can find all of our episodes on motorsport101.net for, that, for the, both of this show and Bike Live as well. As mentioned, Bike Live will be back later this week talking about Qatar. Um, also, one more thing before we go, Reggie, that Qatar race. Did anybody see Mark Marquez's predictions? Oh my on? god, he's a fucking I saw guy. someone refer to that as uh, Marquez reaching ultra instinct, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, That was me. <laughs> that, that, that was me. Um, to put it into, into context... He's breaking into turn one at 210 <laughs> miles an hour. He is. It was. He was fishtailing, trying to get the bike stopped. He touches Johan Zarco's knee. You think he's going to be in the car park, but somehow he reins it in and is able to go around the outside of Zarco through turn one. Cuts back to passing through turn two. The man is not fuming. Um, and said, folks, that's only the second most erotic news in motorcycle racing this week. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It might still be the most erotic. Have you watched yeah. the GIF? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, well, I had to get the baby load up. I do life. have to know, based circling back to the whole Lewis Grand Slam thing, based on the races where he got his Grand Slams last season, he would be on pace to tie or break the record at Hawking High. Mm-hmm. That's some dark what? stuff. Oh, oh God. Okay, okay. We're getting that here before, before Zoe is violently sick. Um, well, <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Don't forget to back the show on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. I can't podcast so happy. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the F1 season, everybody. I've been Andre Harrison. They have been Patrick Hoffenstein, Ryan King, RJ O'Connell, and Zoe Hamilton. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the Formula One season. Well, at least try to. And we'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. Later, y'all. You were so close with the last name. I tried. I was better first time round. the engineering no let me take let me start that over. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, cl- we clearly have no engineering <laughs> no none of us not a single soul <laughs> i'll have you know i have an hnc in electronic engineering <laughs>